Welcome back. Episode 40. How did we get to 40, Bo? How did we Holy do this? Holy cow. It's Ep- already 40? Episode 40 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies po- podcast, everyone. Sponsored there. by Fightback CBD. Get 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com with code JJD. Uh, if you don't know about Fightback, it's an interesting story. They help give back by helping people with mental health and substance abuse issues find jiu-jitsu or really get therapy through jiu-jitsu so it's a real interesting story check them out check out their instagram again it's at fightback cbd on ig i think it's uh it's kind of they're really tackling some interesting issues and i, I just really wanted to say that you know justin's been us w- with us from the beginning yeah man uh and uh, you know i just think he's doing incredible things so just wanted to add that to our intro here uh, my name is milton campus i am a purple belt still how to fight sports Coral Springs. You can check me out on Instagram at Uncle Milty BJJ. Just me and Bo with here uh, with you here today. Say hello to everyone, Bo. I'm an invisible belt. There you go. You're an invisible. Yeah. Three stripes. We have to get you on the map. This is <laughs> this is um Hey, you know what I thought about by the way when I'm setting up the studio there? Is it jujitsu the related? Other, oh. Yeah, the other room. <laughs> the other room. Yeah. We might be able to put a mat in there and do some stuff. We're going. We have to shoot somewhere. Part of getting the new studio and the house. Because is... I'm going to do RT RT soundproofing in there, so it's yeah. like a, a proper, you know, loungy kind of room, and we'll have a complete you open. You ain't got to tell me twice that we'll have a place to roll around. There's and, a whole and do some entire videos. floor there. It's you know, it's uh, 16 feet by 20 feet. Oh. So it's bigger Music than your to garage. My ears. That's that'll be awesome. Because we, you know, I already talked to my coach a while back about potentially doing some videos, doing some like tutorials, just regular like to throw them in there, one two minute videos like on moves. Yeah, I re- what I really like. Well, you is, do a couple of moves and we cut you know, to them in the edit. What I really like, what I like to teach or on the computer and show people as a purple belt when I'm helping somebody, I like to give them the little tips and tricks to moves that they're learning. I don't want to be their coach and take away from what their coach is telling yeah, them. Yeah, just improve the moves yeah, they already like, know. Look, if you put your foot here, or right. especially with bigger guys, when I tell a bigger guy, look, if you do it this way, look how much easier it is because of our body type, right? So I like to do stuff like that. So I've always envisioned our tips videos being like that. Like, listen, we're not, there's a million videos. I'm not going to teach you how to walk. I'm going to teach you how to walk better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, there's a million videos telling you how to do takedowns and, sure. and you know, different types of moves. You know, my coach is awesome at the lockdown. Some people know it's the electric chair. Um, but, like, the littlest tips are the things that I like to pick up that I go, ah, it makes my game just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I like to impart on people. So I've always envisioned our videos being that. So I think that that might be we'll really get there. cool. Yeah. Good we'll to know. I didn't know. That's the first time you well, told me. Well, because I've been, man, my gears have been going. How do we take mm-hmm. this and, and, you know, optimize the space we have? Okay. Yeah. Uh, joining us in a few minutes is going to be TJ Kreitzer. From the We Defy Foundation. When uh, was the last time he was here? Episode 17. Cool. Goes back. That's right. Wow, right now. Yeah. Holy cow, dude. If, that's 23 episodes back. It's not even know, like eight episodes or 10. 23. That's half of our lifetime so far. May? <laughs> Is it May? May was two years. Last May was two years. Last May was two years. 
Last May was two years? Is it two years or this May coming is two years? This, this May, May, this May, May coming, coming is two years. years. I'm sorry. Last yeah. year was one year, yeah. Yeah. It was 19, was 20, 21, year. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. Wow, time flies. Right. Holy cow. Interesting journey. And the longest year of our lives, yeah. just like now seems yeah. like yesterday. Yes, TJ was on episode 17. Uh, not only is he a uh, jujitsu purple belt now, uh, but interesting little fact, and hopefully we'll touch on it. He was a fighter pilot. He was an F-16 fighter yeah, pilot. And that I've, I, and I know it's bad. Envy is bad, but I have lots of it. Yeah. Because I told you, we, we, we went through this last time. Well, I can see, like, I a race, you're a race car guy. I can imagine that goes you fast. the speed of, of an F-16. So when I was a kid, I told you, I tried out for, I took the test for Navy and Air Force, and really? I, I would have gotten in as a code code matcher. Yeah, because I was really good at code matching, and um, which meant I would have had a long stretch before I would fly. Yeah, of like academy, and then technology technician, and all this before I could actually get into a trainer, and then two years in a trainer. Then, yeah, if I was good enough, I could become an officer and and become a, a pilot, get my own jet so with my name on it. That's the coolest part is you get your freaking name on your jet. You're, so you were good at putting <laughs> code together. You yeah, yeah, code matching. What do you mean code matching? So you, so you're given this like multiple, you're given this like five rows of codes, like six digit codes, and you have like no time. You have five minutes mm -hmm. to match codes. Okay. And I had like matched like fifteen minutes worth of codes in five minutes. Like I was wow. just like so I could spot codes very easily. A bit of a loaded question. Uh oh, is that like a loaded potato skin? It's a little bit of a loaded <laughs> question because that your type of brain and why I keep on telling you you should jujitsu patterns. Do jujitsu patterns. I'm very good at seeing patterns. Patterns. What's Matching. next? Like knowing if I do this now, five moves down the road, I'm going to be doing That's this. That's why I was good at instructing for autocross. And telling you, I know, I know your brain. We've known each other for a long time now. You got to try some jujitsu. And the only reason that you're far away, so I haven't invited you to my gym because you wouldn't be able to really get Yeah, but when we go to Miami. That's... But when we have a mat, we're in the studio, or we can get you to a place where we can roll around for a little bit. Uh, just that's playing around a little bit uh, and showing you some uh, stuff. I'm going to need a gi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> we'll get you one. We'll get you one. Don't worry. I have one that my <clears throat> wife never uses yeah. that you'd probably fit into. Oh, <laughs> nice. Great. So my ass will look fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, listen, we're also sponsored by Technique.io. T-E-K-N-E-E-K.io. Uh, I always say think Cameo for martial artists, but it's gone light years beyond where it started. They're actually doing lots of different things. Now, so many people ask them, like, hey, I could use that for this industry. I could review videos and we use were that saying for that here. When we first it's completely on, yeah. evolved. Yep. As it stands right now, they still have pros in the jiu-jitsu world and the MMA world uh, doing reviews. So you can upload your video and request a, a feedback or review from a pro. So pros include Robert Drysdale. We've mentioned him more than once. Uh, Elliot Marshall. He's a former UFC fighter. Uh, Aaron Hurley, mm -hmm. who was on a, a recent episode. Uh, we're on there as well. The Jiu-Jitsu Dummies is on, is on there. If you feel like you have the chops to review videos, reach out to Alex at technique.io on Instagram as well. Uh, let him know that the dummy sent you. If you choose the dummies, we're going to probably give you a little bit of a funny take on the video. We were going to do a review at the end of this episode. But Drew's not here. I wanted Drew to be here as like a black belt, get a black belt take on it. He's a teacher. He's a professor now. 
uh, I I really want to do it with him. I had fun doing the last one with him. So and we're gonna they, do it. We're gonna do a review update? video. Wait, hold on one second. We're oh, gonna I'm do a review ahead. video. <laughs> a review video of I uploaded three of my first competition videos. I think it was my first two competitions. Oh. So at, at at white and at blue, Self, I competed at purging humor. <laughs> I have my white and and blue belts uh, videos uploaded, ready to go. So. On the next podcast, or the next one that Drew's here, or even Junior, we're going to do the review uh, of my actual videos. Okay? I so want Master Ken to do a review of your video. <laughs> I'm, I'm like already laughing, but I, I really... <laughs> He'd be perfect. He's hilarious. So huge shout out to Flow and Roll, at Flow underscore N underscore Roll on Instagram. Get 20% off your online t-shirt, rash guard, or gear order with code JJD at flowandroll.com. Thank you, Sean, for all you do. You saved our butt on that last giveaway. I'm not even going into the details yeah. of that giveaway, but we had geese from another company. Uh, some issues happened, and Sean came in. <laughs> Sean came in, saved the day. Not only that, the guys from Tap Cancer Out said, hey, we want to give away another two. Man. He said, choose five winners. We gave away five geese, five embroidered belts from Flow and Roll total. We also gave away, and oh my God, I forgot. I didn't write it down, but I, I'll, I'll tag them. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, do I actually have it here? No, I don't. Let me see. Oh, no. I thought I wrote it down. Um, we actually got patches from one company in Australia and another company, I think, here in the U.S., uh, and we also sent out patches oh, wow. to, to all cool. those guys. So it was 10 patches, five embroidered belts, and five geese, which turned a what could have been a really bad situation because of the company that something we were dealing with. Better. It turned into something way better. We yeah, got to get raining, a lot of geese into people's hands. Raining so. generosity on you. Mm. All right. So we have two new sponsors. Woohoo! Two new sponsors. Yes, we do. So welcome to DD214 Fightwear at DD214 underscore fightwear on IG. Um, I was wearing their shirt yesterday. Their, their motto is gear for war. Oh, excuse me. Gear for the war on PTSD. I like that. Okay. You've seen us wearing their tees on the show in the past. These are the guys that have the, the murder yoga tee. Yeah. Right? That's like I'd their most popular tee, murder that's, yoga. Yeah. Ask me that, about that's murder the yoga. One. Yeah. You'll, you'll see it on, the, on one of the logo scrolls here as well. You'll yeah. see their logo come up. So welcome aboard, guys. Uh, if you... Let me see. We were doing... Okay, so... DD214BJJ.com is the website. Place an online order. Get 15% off with code JJD. They set that up. Oh. They set that up for us today. Nice. Now it gets even more interesting because cool. they are the giving back to the military and first responder community. So check this out. If you buy a gi on their website, you can donate a brand new gi to a military member, an active duty member, a veteran, or a first responder, people they call oath takers, you can donate for $41, you can donate a gi to, nice. to someone. Very nice. Through geeseforgeese.org. So DD214 has hooked up with geeseforgeese.org. You buy it on the DD214 website, He's donated there. They're going to donate it to Geese for Geese. Wow. All right. So that's cool. Just another amazing company yep. doing some really cool things in, in kind of this world that we find ourselves in. You know, so pretty awesome, right? The web of awesomeness is yeah. just. Yeah. Uh, we also want to welcome, again, uh, we uh, uh, 
We had Nick from this organization on on episode 30. So we also want to welcome Warriors Next Adventure. You might remember Nick Ron who told a very compelling story about yep. trying to commit suicide and the gun not going off. Yep, yep. Go yep. back to episode 30 and listen yeah, to that, that everyone. <laughs> kind of they, mind-blowing. Yeah, they are a veteran 50, 5013C, and they're filming a documentary called oh. PTSD versus Jiu-Jitsu. They're traveling the country for 50 days in April wow. and June doing the filming. I've actually set them up with my gym, so they're actually going to be down here. We're going to have to get you to come in with the cameras cool. and record. They're going to do some recording. Maybe we'll I'll get some we'll, behind the we'll, scenes. Yeah, we'll stuff. do some yeah. behind the scenes yeah. stuff. Maybe get Check a little out. interview from yeah. them while they're shooting. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Check out the website. Nice. You can click the link that says actually a video halfway down the page. You'll see it as you know PTSD versus jujitsu. It's actually coming up two logos away yeah. right after this one. If you click on the on the tab for the doc, you'll see their tour dates and locations. You can come out to be part of filming. You know, just listen. Go visit warriorsnextadventure.com. All the details will be there. Uh, also, these guys. Uh, oh, you want to get my shirt? Can yeah. You, you got my shirt in that picture? Yeah, yep. Train for Real from Jiu-Jitsu 5.0. We had Jason uh, from Jiu-Jitsu 5.0 on, yep. what was it, two episodes ago? That was, uh, you know. Like that. Doing uh, oh, jujitsu right. for like law enforcement, three, right? Two, yeah. yeah, go check them out. It's uh, on Instagram. It's at jujitsu five underscore the letter O, not zero, the letter O. Go check them out. He has amazing tutorial videos on how to extract people from vehicles. You know, again, as a police officer, uh, you know, extracting someone from extract both from his vehicle later. Uh. You know, just listen. Awesome tips on jujitsu for law enforcement. Uh, he sent us some T-shirts. Very cool. I love his logo. <gasps> I got another T-shirt. Another freaking T-shirt. Oh Your wife God. is going to be like, enough with these T-shirts, oh Bo. I so love it. I'm so grateful. Only, now, I wait. Now, I, I think you're really going to like this. You keep me dressed, man. Because you still don't do jujitsu. So I was like, what jujitsu shirt do I get, Bo? Enough with the jujitsu. He's wearing jujitsu shirts <laughs> and he doesn't do jujitsu. Okay. So look what they had. Uh-huh. Since you're a car guy, no. Since you're a car guy, look at that. How awesome Dude, is that? thank you. How awesome is that? Thank you. Squad Jiu-Jitsu 5 Now when I speed, I can wear that shirt. <laughs> so when I get pulled over, go. I just flash them to shirt. There you go, man. I, as thank soon as you. I saw it, I had to pick shirts for everybody from thank the team. You, you know? Thank you, thank and you. And I looked at that shirt and I said, that's, super that's cool. the one for Bo. And I haven't seen one of these two-tone with the black sleeves since, like, the 1980s. Yeah, right. So, like, the, what do they call it? Like, the baseball tee? They used yeah. to call those, like, a baseball tee, yeah, right? Like the baseball base, jersey. Baseball t-shirt yeah. kind of thing, yeah. I thought that was perfect. Awesome. I, I, I picked this one for myself. I love, you know, me, Fantastic. black. Good choice, Train for real. Good choice. Uh, but we've got to change that, but we're going to get you on the mat. You called it. All right. Yes. Shout out to our Patreon podcast patrons, including our newest gym sponsors, Carlson Gracie, Broward County, and North Lauderdale. Uh, that's down here in Florida. You can check them out at carlsongracybrowardcounty.com. Go check them out and tell Big J the dummy sent you. Uh, also, John Way Martial Arts in Plantation, Florida, johnwaymartialarts.com. They feature Wing Chun, Kung Fu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai. They do it all. You want to get into martial arts or you want to get into self-defense, it's a great place to go. They offer classes for children, teens, and adults. We also want to thank our, our podcast patrons, just regular Joes, Robert Walker, Frank House, Wolsey Rivera, Boa Athletics. You can check them out on IG at Boa underscore athletics. Michael Pixley Jr., Jason Smiley, 
Britt Tavar, James Fisher, CJ Carroll, who always likes us to shout out Mission 22 as well. Chuck Redor out in Hawaii. What's up, Chuck? What's up, Chuck? Keep on sending the memes. Yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> and Robert, uh, excuse me, Roberto Santiago down here in South Florida actually hooked us up with uh, with John Way and Big J. So thank you for thank all the support, you, Roberto. Roberto. Really appreciate yeah. you. Thank you. If you'd like to support the show, visit patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies. Join and you'll automatically be entered into a, a drawing every single month. We give away $100 worth of jujitsu swag to two groups all together. We put them in one pool. If you're a Patreon supporter or if you submit questions that we answer on the show, they go into a raffle. We give away $100 worth of jujitsu swag every month, whether it's CBD from Fight Back, it could be swag from the, from the shop. Uh, so every once in a while, we'll get somebody to donate a, a, a gi. When Tap Cancer Out and Flow and Roll gave us the gis, swooped in and saved the day, I told them both, I'm going to give away a gi for the, I, we still have to do February and March. One is going to be a gi from Tap Cancer Out that we're going to pay oh, for, cool. and one yeah. is going to be a gi from Flow and Roll, and we're going to throw in two embroidered belts as well. Nice. So we haven't awarded those yet. That's coming for February's raffle and for for march so we're going to do that as a thank you not only to our listeners but hey they just gave out a couple of geese we're going to buy a couple of geese right awesome All right awesomeness don't forget to like comment subscribe and share wherever you're watching or listening if you're watching us on youtube don't forget to click the bell <laughs> no it doesn't sound like that <laughs> no, no doesn't sound like that either you'll get notifications each time we launch new videos uh, you know, so listen, we just appreciate the support for those that don't understand social media. I know you're all watching us on social media or YouTube, wherever, but when you comment, you like postings, they get seen more. So even videos on YouTube, the more you comment, the more you like, the more the algorithm will show us. It only helps us. So that's why we also ask you to subscribe and, and to share all that, all that good stuff. Comment, interact. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything helps. But, uh, again, episode 40. Super excited to be here. It's amazing. It's an you know, anniversary you know, episode. Yeah, yeah. Every 10. We, you know, we made a conscious effort to do fewer podcasts, but what we feel is higher quality. Right. We, we chose to do it that way. There's well, a reason why we do, you know, a couple of months. There's some post-production that, that goes into this. Well, I feel like... We're about to be able to I, do a lot yeah, more. I think it... I think it because... I think... The reason why a lot of podcasts come and go is because they think that it just has to be content. Put out a ton of content, put out a ton of podcasts. But relevance is, you know, and production. You know, but, yeah, the production value is what we've done. Maybe we should ask the it. audience about this. Go How ahead. do they feel about two episodes a week? Easy. Don't know if we can get there yet. Just to find yeah. out what they're thinking. I have a know. job. I have a nine to five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but right, we will listen. have a whole new window of we'll, opportunity. We'll now. we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that. Later. Yeah, I, I get it. That's that's a big time commitment. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're doing three. We went from two. Yeah. We're doing three a month. So, yeah. all right. Listen, let's uh, let's uh, stop. Keep, let's not keep him waiting. Let's, uh, get, let's the get the pilot in here. in here. Let's get the. <laughs> that was a missile, right. not the plane <laughs> crash. <laughs> all right, we're good. Who is he now? Huh? Who's coming on? TJ. Right, sir. There you go. Did I say it right the first time? Yeah. I did say it. I said, let's get TJ in here. They don't know him by last Yeah, we introduced him before, though. Some people don't know. We introduced him. I said, people have a five minute memory, man. 
We're gonna have TJ Kreitzer, <laughs> and then we're gonna people like okay, fish. let's get TJ in here. People are like fish; they have a and five then, minute and memory. The, my next sentence is going to be just telling everybody his last name. Okay, you fucked it up for me. I'm just I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get TJ in here. Let's do it. Get TJ Kreitzer in here. Let's do it. We're gonna have to cut this whole shit, this whole thing no, out. No, no, we have just to fix this. Flip right, the ready? Screen. Say, ready? Right, flip hold the on. screen like. All right, everybody, let's get TJ in here. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Joining us today is We Defy Foundation Vice President and Director of Operations, TJ TJ Kreitzer. <laughs> new blue belt by the uh, new purple belt. Sorry, purple belt by the way, right? I just screwed that <laughs> yeah, all up. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, well, I'll get better time. at this. You think episode forty? <laughs> you think that I'm better at this by now? Welcome yeah. back, TJ. How you doing, man? Hey, it's, it's awesome to see you guys. I'm glad to be talking to you guys again and we get to talk from time to time about yeah. other things with the ambassador stuff but um and I, I don't want to steal your thunder with the intro and everything but i first thing i want to lead with is congratulations thank you thank we, you man. um we the board uh decided who we thought our um outstanding ambassador contributors for we defy should be for the year and you were on the list oh and, awesome um, we man i want to thank see, you guys i, I did for, see the post thank you man yeah uh, we wanted to wow. um thank you you know and, and you know you're the the main ambassador, but with Bo and the whole team, like, and all the stuff you guys have done. And, you know, we're on, on the podcast. We know you guys are advocating for what we're trying to do and the veteran community in general and all the other lights that you guys try to provide for people. Um, we really appreciate that. And oh, that's man. Thanks, man. completely in line with our mission. So awesome, man. I, I wanted to make that. sure we, we <laughs> mentioned that first. <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, it pales in comparison to what you guys are doing, man. We're just over here joking around, Telling wiener jokes and uh, and trying to, yeah, but it's good to be part of something. It, it's just really yeah. good to be part of something really good. Um, and, and TJ, you didn't you you're not hearing the intro today, but because of what we've been doing, and because of just, you know, look, we like giving stuff away. I mean, that's just always been a huge part of the show. It's like giving stuff away to listeners, giving stuff away to people in need. Um, not everybody knows. Like, I'll put together like old shirts and all my jujitsu stuff because I wear my. I've got so much stuff, and like one time I gave away. Like a guy contacted me. I mentioned it on the show. A guy contacted me, and I mailed him to his mom's house in like Orlando, and then she got him up to him in Chicago. You know, like I just I like giving stuff away. It's just it feels good. I, I, t I get that from my mother. My mother, every season, used to make us clean out our rooms when I was a little yeah. kid. And it was giveaway toys, giveaway clothes. What have you outgrown? What aren't you wearing? And it's just always kind of like part of my DNA to like, don't throw that out. Somebody can, I can give that to somebody. My parents still do it to me to this day. Like, old Tupperware, you want this milk? You know? So uh, just, again, part of our DNA. I'm glad that it's part of the DNA of the show. Uh, and, and to come full circle, what I was going to say was that we've actually got two new sponsors of the show, two companies you know. Uh, DD214 just came aboard yesterday. Okay. Awesome. And Warriors awesome. Next Adventure, who, who you guys, I think, are awesome. supporting yeah. on your on, yeah. on the documentary. Uh, yeah. They've both come aboard as sponsors just yesterday and today. And we'll actually, uh, we've got them up on the logo scroll in the, uh, on, the, on the episode today. So we were able to squeeze them in. So, you know, again, look, we love supporting, you know, the veteran community. You got... You know, our original crew, uh, Janet and her husband, he was, you know, a Marine vet, junior, who just is so busy and really actually loves doing the roundtables yeah. a little bit more. Uh, you know, sure. when we had to go to this format of just interviewing straight interviews versus doing the roundtables, uh, you know, the guys, you know, it just gets a little tight and it's just a little yeah. weird. Multiple people asking questions. So our format slightly changed. That's going to change back. But with the crew that started this with us, 
it's just always been amazing to, to give back to that community. So we're, we're happy. I appreciate the, uh, the shout out and look, you know, again, these new companies that we're working with, you know, they know we support you. I know you're supporting yeah. them. Like it's just a, this really great feeling to just, you know, continue to help each other out. So, uh, I'll be, yeah, uh, there's a, there's tremendous interconnectivity between those two groups and us. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I told Nick from Warriors Next Adventure this a lot of times. We, we talk about this. I, I, I kind of a, of the mindset that one plus one equals three. Or, you know, it's, it, you don't have to make it a zero sum game. You don't have yeah. to be competing with everybody for money. I mean, we're all trying to do the same thing. And mm -hmm. I, I think if we, it's much better to build each other up together yeah. than to, to have a competitive environment yeah. you know and I th I, those guys are super ingrained and intertwined with a lot of what we do in the ambassador scene and um the social media scene so it, that's gotcha. awesome to see see that you're there with you yeah. guys too yeah i'm happy to have them you know bo and i talk about this all the time bo and i have worked together for years we did some other stuff together way back in the day but when we started doing this and then we decided to do the foundation, which I want to talk to you a little bit about, too. You sure. could probably maybe recommend some guys uh, that, that we could be working with, but we'll come back to that. I have a client now in my marketing, my, my nine to five in the marketing world. I love calling him and getting his voicemail because he's a philanthropist and he owns some HVAC companies, but he also does a, he donates a lot of money to different organizations. And his voicemail says... You can succeed. This is how when you call and you get his voicemail, it opens up with you can succeed best by helping others succeed. And I've just carried that over into the yeah. podcast. I've carried that over into the foundation. I think Bo and I probably talk about that almost every time oh, he yeah. comes out Crunch, to shoot yeah. <laughs> because because of that, it's made the podcast more successful. And, and listen, yeah. we're not making a ton of money here. But our souls feel really good. We look at each other yeah. and we look at what we're doing and we look at the people that we're working with and like, damn, this this feels so much better than anything that we've done. And we've done businesses where we were, you know, it was all about making money and sure. doing sales. Yep. And to do this together where it's like, you know, the money comes, it comes. I'm earning but it's, I'm earning my right to live. <laughs> <laughs> I put him in a box and I stick him in the garage between podcasts. <laughs> bring, bring him out once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so so again, you know, it feels really good to to be doing that. So yeah, I'm great. I'm glad to have those guys. Uh, where I was going to go with how you could probably help us is, you know, we started posting to get uh, basically nominations for our next scholarship. Uh, we we did two scholarships for kids. We'd really like to do one for a veteran and then a first responder. So what I was thinking about in the back of my mind, it's always been, well, I know there's some guys that you guys would probably really like to to sponsor or, or to award scholarships to, but maybe they couldn't for whatever reason but they might be a good fit for us. So I don't know if there's a way to maybe, Hey, Mil, maybe get in touch with yeah. these guys. I think that that would be really awesome. We'd really like to be awarding yeah. something right away. Like we're trying, you know, we're just raising a little more money and, and hopefully it'll, it'll happen in the next month. But, you know, for us here, we, we want to not just a veteran, you know, somebody who's doing, we're, we're thinking more along the lines of, um, somebody who's doing some really good things in their community, what are they doing to give back? Again, it kind of falls in with what we've been doing. Uh, but, but we could talk about that a little bit more off air. Yeah, and, and if you I, I saw, I see your mind working and the smoke's coming out of your ears and, <laughs> yeah. uh, in a good way. And I think that maybe yeah. uh, you might be able to pass along some guys that maybe weren't the perfect fit or couldn't, you couldn't, you know, do anything with them with Weedify and, and they might be a good fit for the, for the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation. You know, I, when you when I saw you guys posting about that, it it already had my gears going a little bit. Yeah, I think, man, I wonder if there's. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I I wonder if there's a cross section here yeah. where we can do 
find it find a, a candidate like that yeah with with them so yeah, yeah let's talk we definitely want to talk about that okay awesome together awesome so uh let's go back you just got sure. your purple belt within the last couple of months since you've been back right so August, back training August, you know, I was training on my own most of this year with a small pot of people. Um, mm -hmm. I, I played it a little more conservative um, for myself just because I, I have a, I got some health stuff that makes me um, wanna be a little bit more careful. So, gotcha. but I still train, and we, we just were, you know, we worked in a small group. We had a couple guys. Um, we called it a murder pod, and <laughs> <laughs> we, we cool. it was it was all brown, all brown belts and purple belts. I, want, I wonder why my videos get blocked on the, when I try to advertise them. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, what are they saying? We're just a, you know, we're what just talking self defense. It's like Shit, murder. Yeah. I ripped his arm off. I'm like, why are they blocking these videos? <laughs> One of the dudes is a brown belt named Oleg, so you can imagine what that's like. <laughs> Anybody named Oleg, you got to be like, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't wanna, I don't know if I want to roll with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so my my coach, um, you know, our gym was able to operate. We're in Minnesota, and every state has different rules, but the gyms up here have had some periods of time when they had to be closed, but for the most part. Um, they've been able to figure out ways to operate within the confines of what is supposed to be going on as best as they can. And, um, you know, I wasn't quite ready for that environment for a yeah. while. And, and then when I was ready, I went back. But um, my coach stayed in touch with us to see, hey, what are you doing? How much are you training? What are you logging your hours? You know, keep me posted. Let me know what's going on. Oh. So when we, when we got to the point that they felt like that was appropriate, they brought us in for a special class. Oh, okay. And um, they gave, they gave, and actually for my gym, gym's been around for uh, maybe one or two generations of guys, but it's, it's, um, we have a, a, a really good, strong gym now, good program, yeah. but it's young. It's got a lot of white belts and blue belts. So we, when we got promoted, it was really neat because it was the first kind of mass purple belt promotion yeah. since I've been there, you know, where there were four of us that, that got them. And um, that meant a lot that they were invested enough in us to keep in touch with us while we were out. That's awesome. Man. And while we were doing the things that we felt like we had were prudent for our own situation, they, you know, they cared and they kept yeah. in touch and they, you know, and we're still, we're still part of that team. And then I finally was able to get back to the gym full time, um, you know, with the vaccination stuff going. And I mean, I give a shout out to the VA here because um, I got the full Moderna series, at, you know, because of them um, yeah. doing good things for veterans and yeah. um, the Minneapolis VA. I have always had a good experience with. Yeah. So, um, they came through, I've been back at the gym for three weeks. Uh, and, um, it's been awesome to be back. Yeah, man. Full time. You know, I probably trained 20% or 25% last year as much as I usually do in a year. And I, I, got, I was telling you earlier, I, I've, I've trained like in the last three weeks, I've trained more than I did in four previous months. Wow. And at some point my body is going to be like, Hey, <laughs> Knock this off, <laughs> but, but I feel you, off. man. It's it's tough. I mean, uh, you know, especially those of us who it's it's our stress relief uh, or yeah. re release yeah. relief, however you want to say it. Yeah, uh, it's it's important to us, man. I, I know it was it was difficult. I was forced in. I you know it was pandemic, and I was forced to you know I was sidelined because of the knee. But yeah. as soon as I was able to go back, I, and I just mentioned to you, like I felt like I tweaked my knee last week, and I just put one of my braces on, yeah. like my my. One of my braces that I use during rehab that like really doesn't let it move side to side at all. I just popped that baby on and didn't say anything to anybody. Like I just trained yeah. like normal today. I can't, it's hard to go without it. You, there's like this 
sense of loss <laughs> when I don't get shade. I, I, I'm sure lots of people listening to this, you know, yeah. get it. You know? I'm sure. Yeah. I, you know? The first half of the, of the COVID year for me, I think was more anxiety ish. Like, man, what's going to happen? Yeah. Like what, it, what, it, how serious is this thing? Nobody really knew as more and more came out, we figured out more and more ways to manage things, manage mm-hmm. our own lives to an extent. But then in the fall, when we had that second lockdown series, especially up up here, I, for the first time in my life, I think I was experiencing like more depressive type yeah. feelings, you know, which I haven't really felt before. Yeah, I mean, I've coped with anxiety on different levels, especially with my job and the stress level, but not not what I dealt with this winter, yeah. with the absence of jujitsu and being able to train a little bit, but then gone nothing yeah. again. Yeah. And um, that was really hard, especially in the winter, man. Winter up here, there's no sun, it's cold, it's minus 25 degrees, you know. Um, that was a rough period. And when I, a lot of people, I don't know, people don't want to always talk or reveal like exactly what they were thinking or how they were feeling. So I do try to kind of be as transparent as I can about stuff like that. But when I do bring it up, that's when people tell me, yeah, I was feeling that. Feel the same and way. so I know I'm like not the only person, like there's a lot of people. I think it's the first time in our lives that like humanity yeah. has been suffering from one giant mental health crisis. So you know, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> as, as it relates to Weedify, I've, I've, I don't know that we've ever really actually talked about this specific point, but how closely do you guys maybe on the board? Is this more of an ambassador thing? Uh, how, how in close contact are you with the guys that you that you know have your the weedify scholarships that you guys sponsor um are this you is talking actually to really these guys on on the phone once in a while like yourself yeah this is an awesome subject um when the foundation first started you know it was smaller right because it's just starting and it was in texas and the model at the time was let's take veterans and put them in gyms that do jujitsu because we know how awesome that community is and how impactful that activity is for mm-hmm. their um, for their lives, just yeah. in general. Yeah, and that's that was the model that went forward. And um, when we, when this, you know, the the board kind of transitioned to this other to to the new team, the team that we have now. You know, we kept that same model, but um, in the back of my mind, I'd always thought, I wonder what would happen if we had ambassadors that were, you know, ambassadors for us were sort of brand ambassadors, and they were mm-hmm. um, fundraising things like that. But there really wasn't any interaction with the veterans and we just hadn't gotten to that point you know comfort wise and, and um, maturity as an organization yet where we were ready to, to tackle that but then when COVID hit man I got 80 60 people training and some of these gyms are going to be open and some of them are going to close and some guys aren't going to want to train and some guys are going to want to train and we want to make sure that we give the gyms and the athletes the year of you know funding mm-hmm. of experience but we also want to respect their personal choices where they th- what they think they need to do yeah how am i how am i going to track all that like i can't track all that on my own so we had the idea like what if we use the ambassadors to call or keep in touch with the gyms so we we start we feel as a team of like six to start tracking Okay, what gyms are open? What gyms are closed? Which athletes are training? Who wants to be on hold? You know, who wants to pause? And so it was intended to be kind of an administrative function, 
But what we found was that the ambassadors that were calling were becoming mentors. And they were building relationships with their athletes. And it was like, that's where we had like the light bulb moment. Like, this is what we can do. Mm-hmm. We can build this identity. We can bring the athletes, not just into gyms, but we can bring them into We Defy. And we can all benefit together from knowing the impact that we're making, building these relationships, building these connections. And it was, it was kind of a thing we fell into because of COVID. But now that's the model. And that's great. Um, it's, we, we wouldn't be able to do what we did last year because we can talk about this later too, like how what, what we went through as an organization in 2020 because it's not going to – that story isn't, I think, what we thought it was going to be when we first heard what COVID was, was or we first knew it was going to impact us. Yeah. But the ambassador network, like that's why we wanted to do a recognition program. We wanted to um, point out like, hey, who has really kicked some serious ass for us? And um, it's because we, we couldn't do it. We couldn't provide what we're providing without this group of ambassadors that is incredible and has the same passion that everybody else yeah. from the board on out has. Wow. So let's talk about that. Uh, you guys had a record year, uh, correct? Is it a record year? Yeah, I mean, we – the numbers are – they're still doing this year's 2020s, like, final numbers mm-hmm. for – tax and stuff. So we won't have the results of that, but I do know we were close to 300,000 and, um, I think we did about 50 more than last year wow. in 20 in 2020 than 2019. That's kind of the initial hack at, at our numbers. Um, and we did that without any big formal events because the two previous years or actually in 2019, we had two galas. So we did one in Dallas and one in LA and the, especially the Dallas one was wildly successful. And it was early on for the foundation when I think, um, you know, when you're in an organization like this, you're trying to figure out what can we, what can we actually pull off? Like we don't, we don't know until we try it. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's risk involved in some of these things. And I think that I wasn't on the board at the time of that first gala, but I would consider that to have been a risk and it went awesome. It was phenomenal. But 2019's numbers um, weren't as good as 2020's even with two galas. And that's because of the ambassadors. Um, You know, we had booths and um, I absolutely need to take a moment to to give my thanks to um, Marcos Flores with Grappling Industries, Um, Seth Daniels at at Fight to Win, and um, Brian McGuire with uh, Third Coast because those guys have been finding ways for us to access events that, um, you know, largely in most cases, um, at no charge or, you know, with special, special deals and things because, um, they want to make differences too. Mm -hmm. And they've, uh, put us in a position to have incredible success, even in the grassroots fundraising type stuff. Like the booths, we used to be happy with a $250 performance. We're hitting a thousand dollars at grappling industries on a regular basis. They don't charge us. We just show up, um, you know, and that's, we, we couldn't do this without the ambassadors doing that. And then people like them, you know, um, Timothy Morthland down in, a, he's a, one of the Fuji franchise owners in the Southeast, in most of those Southeast states. He lets us show up for free. Um, I mean, it's not just us anymore. Mm-hmm. It's you guys, you know, it's this podcast that's 
that's blowing this up and allowing us to do what we did in 20, the year of COVID. Everything shut down. We lost half of the tournaments we could have possibly have been a part of. I tell people every but, day, if you would, if, if you had a crystal ball, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> nobody would have predicted this. Put it that of way. Course, you know, the no, amount of opportunity that, so look, yeah. this is proof that adversity breeds opportunity. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 that's absolutely believe that. I didn't know that before. I know that now. I don't. You're think sure that. of it now. You mean? <laughs> I'm 100 yeah. percent positive. And now I know to look. I know to look. Yeah. I know how do we find it? Well, you know, you know when, when know something to... falls down, look under. Look what was underneath it, or look what was behind it, because there may might, might be a reason for it. You know, yeah. might be a reason. And I, I would say even even a step further is look at the people around you. Indeed. You know. It's those connections. And those are the connections that we lost a lot in 2020, like the physical ability to be together. Mm-hmm. Those things that really bogged us down and are emotionally and mentally. But we still we still find ways to do it, to rely on each other and to provide. I mean, that was the thing. Like, man, all these states are down. We Defy can't really fundraise very efficiently right now. Ryan McGuire, man, what he did with their – that was the only show in town for a little while. Man. The stuff that he they did, did those back to back events, I guess, right? They had kind of a backlog of events. Yeah. Like, I was mean, it like four to six weeks in a row? So, I don't know. Yeah. Something like I mean, that. Over, and over, over and over and over. Every single time, every single time we're in there. And you know what he asked us to do for him? Nothing. Yeah. Wow. He just wanted to help. You know, and, and it, that's, that's, that's what he said the, the opportunity yeah. in, in that adversity. You know, it's a lot of good energy that came out of. A lot of yeah. good energy that yeah. came out of 2020, yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, you know, from, again, my nine to five, that world, certain certain industries, like, you know, restaurants, if they weren't prepared to deliver, they went out. But home people are home. Home yeah. services went through the roof. Like, these guys, you know, yeah. roofers, contractors, painters, they, for the most part, have not been hurt by this. People are home. They want to get things taken care of. Those yeah. guys are like... You, Call them to talk to them about their marketing. They're like, I can't take another stitch of business, buddy. What do you, you know, it's like I can't yeah. even do anything. Our current, our clients were just like, hey, how can we get more? But new clients, they're like, whoa, I don't need, I don't need help with anything. Uh, you know, I've got more than I can handle. Again, I don't. Nobody would have guessed just kind of when you think about these little niches of things that have happened that it would have been like this, that it would have gone down like this. Because I think everybody was kind of pooping their pants, like, oh, geez. I mean, everybody yeah. in my company, eighty plus, ninety plus employees, all of a sudden, we're all working from home. Everybody going, oh, my God, they're going to have to downsize. I mean, that's just next, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Right. And yeah. we're hiring. Cool. We used to just hire in Florida. Now we hire all over the country because this is our model now going forward. Yeah, they don't awesome. even think we're going back <laughs> into the office. They think we're going to stay yeah. remotely because we've had so much success. So and they're actually letting us kind of decide you want to do 50 50, you know, 100 percent. But yeah, again, nobody nobody could have predicted this. But I, I'm happy to see that uh, that you guys have not only, you know, kind of thrived here but really kind of taken it to a whole nother level i'm glad to see well, you guys embracing yeah. like other things like the relationships with other companies and like you said the embrass the ambassador network those guys stepping up i, I mean it's it's really nice to see but with 2020 we had set a goal of or sorry 2019 we had set a goal of, of having 60 athletes for that year so for 2020 that was kind of the transitionary time period when the new board was trying to figure everybody out and figure, you know, figure out how we're going to operate, what we're going to do. And we didn't update that number. We said, okay, we'll keep going with 60. Like, we'll see what the funding level is. We're going to, we got to, we got to figure this stuff out. Well, we ended up doing 53 last year because um, we lost two months early on in their first, first big salvo of lockdowns, but it wasn't a funding issue. 
it was literally because gyms weren't open. We didn't want to place anybody until we knew that gyms were open. In different states, uh, we were able to access quicker, you know. But now, you know, we were doing five a month. We're doing ten a month. Wow. And that's, again, because of the, the success we had last year with fundraising. And the other thing that I think what COVID early on let us do is really take a look at our operation and figure, okay, we're growing. We're going to continue to grow. What do we need that we don't have to manage the growth going forward? We had the time, but you know what I mean, to figure it out organizationally. That was That's kind of where I, the role that I played just kind of bigger and bigger and bigger because I started off as an ambassador. Then I took over the, um, that national position for ambassadors. Then I started working the relationships with the gyms cause that wasn't, that made sense. And then when I was asked to be the vice president, um, I started getting a little more into the athlete stuff cause it all, I mean, it's all interrelated and it seemed, what if we just put this all under one umbrella? And then I, that's when I picked up the title director of operations with VP cause it just made sense. And we spent the time creating procedures. I mean, I'm writing procedures and updating procedures and taking what we were doing before and how do we need to tweak this for the next set of challenges? And um, like I'm anticipating we're going to 10 a month. We're going to have to change the format of this team a little bit. We need more personnel here. You know, um, and we were able to do that because we had a couple months in 2020 to not do anything. Yeah. Really. You know, so again, opportunity, it's, it's kind of, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that because when it first goes down, you're like, dude, is, are we going to, can we keep doing this? Yeah. Is this going to survive? So let's talk about surviving. Let's go back. Tell everybody what you guys did. Cause I don't think we touched on it yet was you started to help. You said we can't, you kept on paying the gyms basically. Right. I mean, that's how you helped here, even yeah. though they were, they were closed if you were paying for a student, if they, if a student of theirs had a scholarship, you kept on paying it. You kept, you paid, you paid yeah. their monthly, right? We did. If they asked for it, not some of the gyms didn't, some gyms were in a really good financial positions and some weren't. And mm. there are some that closed, you know, permanently, but we, the, we made an offer to everybody that had one of our scholarship recipients that, Hey, if you are closing, we're going to pay you through your closure. And we'll pay you until the year ends. So you get the 12 months of payment. And we'd like at the end of that for you to tack on a, the time that the student missed while you were closed. Mm-hmm. But we did that because we couldn't, we can't function without those small businesses, you know? So we were trying to help them make it through that one membership. Okay. I know it's not a lot, but it's something. Yeah. It's a way that we can, we can assist them. And then it's like that where we realize how symbiotic we all are. It's not, we're not just here for the veteran. Yeah. We're supporting these small businesses. We're all part of this community together yeah. as we defy community. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, we, I noticed it with the the podcast specifically for us. I mean, you know, people weren't driving to work. They weren't listening to podcasts as much. We could see those numbers go down and mm. I could see them coming up okay. now, you know, so, you know, okay. Podcast numbers go down. Well, sponsors go down, <laughs> you know, sponsors. Sure. Go down. Yeah, that's absolutely. how we pay. That's how yeah. we pay to do this. You know, we, we don't ask for yeah. a lot, but uh, the little bit that we do get, uh, which we, we appreciate, you know, what goes to keeping this going you know, which we, which we love. So, you know, um, yeah. I, I see a commonality here, uh, with all kinds of businesses and every, everybody, even personally, like in their personal mm-hmm. lives, people were forced to reflect 
And this is not something that usually comes up. Like you'll say, okay, we need to analyze our company or we need to analyze our business or our demographic or, and you don't get around to doing it. Mm -hmm. This was like, you have no choice. Yeah. Like while you're waiting <laughs> here, you know, it's funny. And, and this isn't, uh, this isn't tooting our horn. Cause we haven't done I it. I had yet. to do it. And, and for the last, literally it was this month that I finally got my shit together. I realized, what am I going to do? And I just turned down, and Sean, love you, man, and I'm so appreciative for for giving me this opportunity. If you ever watch this episode, even though you're not into jujitsu, <laughs> <laughs> but I was offered literally the the opportunity of a lifetime, something that ten years ago, fifteen years ago, was so me, like I would have dropped everything and everyone in my life to get this opportunity, and I walked away from it. And we're still going to be doing something on a on a on a contractor basis, but it was it was that up the golden opportunity, and I turned it down because it's the wrong time, and I'm so happy I did because it a few days later I got confirmation that whatever I was planning now was the right thing to do. And he's talking specifically about the podcast. I know we've talked podcast, about it in depth. The podcast is just taking and off. And a couple of and, other endeavors yeah. of my own. Yeah. Plus, I told you about this NFT thing, so I yeah. just made like a hundred of our viewers rich with this NFT concept <laughs> just by dropping that. I don't want to get into it. We're not going to get into it. Yeah, we're not going to. But, but look at that. I never thought I'd get, yeah. I would be part of something with crypto. And here I am sliding right into that world. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But I guess, you know, when you when you do look back, I, I was going to say that, uh, you know, on Saturday mornings, I go to when I go to to the gym. I didn't realize it at first, probably that maybe the one or two Saturdays, there's a line coming out of a church and there's a food back bank in the back. And again, we've been lucky. We've been blessed. I talked to my wife about it and I said, I, I think we need to like go pick up a couple of cases of food and see if we can donate. Maybe we'll drive by and find out if they'll take just regular donations. I'm sure they will. And I said, We've been so lucky. My wife didn't lose a day of work. I didn't lose a day of work. The podcast is, is you know, is doing yeah. really well. You know, we were lucky enough to sell our house and, and get into, we're, we're waiting for it to, to finish being built, but we'll be moving into a, a new house, knock on wood, uh, in June. Um, I'm not going to say we were unaffected by, by the, the coronavirus and the pandemic, but yeah. we did okay. You know, it was yeah. probably more mental stress than anything, but we've, we were, we're part of the lucky few who actually... Yeah. You know, other than location, again, my wife went to work every day. My daughter works to school from home. I had to work from home. So we, we were just lucky and blessed. And I really feel like, again, you know, given a couple of cases of food and things like that once in a while. But when I see like but there are people that have been affected, there are people that lost their jobs. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it does you know, a little bit goes a long way. So anyway, so but, um, you know, you bring up something really interesting. You know, Dave Meltzer, Sports One Network, I think is Meltzer, Dave Meltzer. So. He talked about this whole charitability thing, generosity, right, and how you use it. And it was funny because for a long time, or all his life, he made it big, he was successful, and he was always giving to charity, yet somehow the energy wasn't there. Then he lost everything, and he redid his whole mental structure, his whole mindset, and he started actually committing physical time to helping. Yeah. Not just money. Not just giving to charities, but actually yeah. taking his time and going out there and be. And he said the same thing you just did. I found I didn't lose any time. I didn't like wasn't giving some extra effort. It's just somehow fit right in. There's there's a selfishness in this. I, I'm not, I oh, don't run from it. There's a selfishness altruistic. in this for myself. Yeah. Yeah. It is very cleansing to my soul. Sure. 
um, not just talking about it, but doing it, being part of this, doing our own foundation, helping other people do their thing. There, I, I say to my, I wasn't always the best human being in the world growing up. I partied. I did my crazy stuff. Jerk. <laughs> it, this is, uh, you know, my, my penance, if you want to call it. It is, again, it feels You're cleansing repenting. to the soul. You're repenting, yeah. my man. You know, so I, I, I just love being a part of this kind of stuff. It, whether there's anything in it for us or not, whether it's like, hey, look, we're doing it, you know, on the show. Right. Never again, you know, like you'll help. But what I said before, you're going to succeed best by helping others succeed. That really is, you know, absolutely kind of in the back of my mind all the time when I'm trying to help somebody when they're doing <laughs> something, you know. But I, I think, TJ, you, you kind of said, um, you know, the ambassadors, you know, without even maybe even realizing it, I don't know if they're having these thoughts consciously, but they are doing these things, what Bo was just saying, right? Now that they're that little extra effort yeah. from them, you know, when you think about that, everybody, if uh, you, you could tell me, but every ambassador being responsible to call X amount of gyms or uh, X amount of scholarship recipients, I mean, it goes so far. And if you guys continue to grow, it's just going to be that much bigger and bigger year over year. 350 grand. Yeah. This, did you say 350 that was raised? Yeah, it was un, it was under 300 Three. for 2020, but yeah. uh, but it was about 50 more. Okay, so I mean, uh, you can just so imagine, are, yeah, That's imagine awesome. what the you know if if things continue, what 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 this could be, you know, what it can continue to to be, and and yeah. and really, let let's talk about your role. Let's kind of take a step back. So you're you're on the board of directors, and your official title is VP. Are you this, and then you take on this second role of director director of operations, or are they really completely intertwined? It's um, you wouldn't have to have the VP do what I'm doing. Okay. Um, I just that's just the way where it all kind of sits together. Mm-hmm. So the the director of operations part is very it's it's literally a daily operations. I, I my um, I still have a normal human job that's not a nonprofit, <laughs> but this is not this is not a paid position. This yeah. is a volunteer position, and I spend. On a heavy week, I'll spend 30 hours wow. doing We Defy stuff. Um, I would say most weeks are probably 10 to 20, but there are absolutely times when it's it is almost can, a full time. Can job. I ask a personal question? Let me let me throw sure. one in there. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who and I talk about this a lot on the show, I'm very open. Um, my wife does not love jujitsu. Mm-hmm. She probably thought that the podcast was just a fad. <laughs> she used to call it a hobby. She called it a hobby until it started making some money and we were getting sponsors and it started paying for itself. Love you, babe. She can probably hear me. Um, Thank you. What What is that like? And and I've access of a lot of people how like jujitsu yeah. and personal life because I I I want to learn. I always say I'm the dummy here. I want to learn. It's not just about jujitsu. How do you? How does that work in your in your family life? Is it how difficult is that? How so? You know, is your wife very supportive of it, or is she on the other side of that door going, "Hurry up, get You know, get, come on, come to dinner. You know how how does that work? I am a I'm in a unique position because with my my normal job I do a lot of on call and if I'm not used I can do whatever I want. Okay. So um, I do have a fair amount of time okay. to, to dedicate, but I also pick up a lot of the kids stuff. Like I go to school, come home, mm-hmm. um, put them to bed. If I'm if I'm working, I'm gone. To jujitsu, you know? dad. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my my mom or my mom. My wife plays single mom. <laughs> we'll cut that out oh. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Can you edit that part? We'll just put in. We'll, gonna, we'll cut that out. Beep. That's where the, those bells come we'll in. Ta- handy, we'll, take where, yeah. we'll take where he said yeah. wife. You and guys put it have in. that effect? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah, so 
You know, she plays single Your mom wife. when I'm working. My wife plays single mom <laughs> to my child when, I, when I'm working. So um, I pick up a lot of that stuff too. And I th- early on, I was not a senior, so I was gone a lot. And I was trying to do jujitsu a lot, and that was rough. I was trying to find time to do all that stuff. But she plays tennis about probably as much as she gets as much out of tennis as I get out of jujitsu. So we both have an active activity. And, mm. um, I think that's a huge part of it. Um, that's what changed but, it for me on this end. My wife got into, yeah, went, yeah she's, she's she, got her thing. I have mine and we both make sure that we both get time mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Um, I think we're as the responsibility with this organization increased, um, me telling her stories about what's happening mm-hmm. has helped her to give me more rope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And more, yeah. Hey, you know, no, I understand this is important. This, this is the most important thing professionally I have ever done in my life. And I, you know, I flew fighters and, um, when you're in the military, you, you know, what you're doing is important, but you don't get to see what is happening. You don't get the, the payoff. Once a month, I hear from a guy or a girl that's like, I would maybe not be alive. I had someone telling me a couple weeks ago that if they were clean for eight months now, and if they weren't in the gym, they probably would have be on or OD'd from heroin. Wow. Wow. That's what this program is doing for people. And I, I'm in a unique position as the VP with operations because I get to see all the pieces. Mm-hmm. and how they all play together. So if we have a volunteer that, say, is in, like, I don't know, Yonkers, New York, or whatever, that's doing great stuff for us in the local community, they probably don't get to hear these stories unless we do a good job of communicating them mm-hmm. to the people, which isn't always easy, you know? Yeah. And I, I try to make sure I'm explaining what is going on to the other people so they get to see the pictures, because I get to see the whole thing, and it's unbelievable. Yeah how it's grown and to be able to communicate that with my wife, I think yeah. allows her to, to give me, to let me run with this. Yeah. You um, know, un- understanding, understanding kills fear and really yeah, any kind sense. of conflict like that comes out of fear and it's just yeah. not from, from not knowing the details, not having yeah. enough information. So, yeah, I mean my, you know, I think my wife's outlook on jujitsu changed when she found something that she was as passionate about. She yeah, was never sure. a, she was never a gym rat. She didn't really work out. That wasn't her thing. Was she did go and into bad as, neighborhoods with a helmet on yeah. and just beat people. <laughs> now, now she she absolutely, you know, it is, you know, conversations during the week like, oh, I didn't get to go to the gym. Like, oh, I want to go so bad, you know. So, you know, for both of us, we do Saturday, We both do Saturday and Sunday. I do my gym does open mats on Saturday and Sunday. She goes to her gym. Those are the we absolutely don't miss those days. And then we both try to sprinkle in a couple of days of training during the week if we can. Yeah. I'm usually able to a little bit more than she is because she's got to travel a little bit now for work. As far as just distance wise, there's an extra two hours in the day with traffic yeah. for where she has to drive to That's now. Wild. Which she didn't, you know, thank you, Corona. You know, it was like she was managing seven yeah. offices and now she has to be in one where she was traveling through, you know, to each office uh, on, on a daily basis or to multiple offices in a day. And then she could be on her way home and be home at five and then go train. So now she, she really can't. Wow. No, actually kind of funny, the, uh, going back to what you were saying before about not being able to go to the gym, usually for me, and I try to take credit for her getting into kickboxing because I, 
she doesn't give me any credit for it though. Um, <laughs> I always had a punching bag in the house, somewhere in the house. Uh, when I was a kid, I borrowed a buddy's and I hung it from a tree outside. Uh, when I was single, I had the big Everlast one like in my living room. Then I had one in a dining room. Like I've always had a punching bag in the house. Uh, and because we were moving, we've been like, just kind of like, okay, we'll get it set up when we move in the house. And then we moved to a townhouse cause the house wasn't ready and we still haven't been able to set it up. That's always been, we, I did have like a reflex bag in the, in the last townhouse we were in cause it was nice and small. We can get in the living room. And that was my, just hitting that, just hitting something got, gave me my therapy. Plus, you know, again, I was, I was going through therapy on the knee. So that gave me my therapy. So I guess I didn't kind of go as, uh, as bonkers as I probably would have gone if I didn't have an outlet like that. Yeah. But the hitting a, you know, a heavy bag was kind of always my go-to. It was the thing that I was in love with before I found jujitsu. So that's, you know, that definitely helped me. Um, I see that you, I see a lot of stuff that you've posted, like you training with your son, right? You yeah. have him on your yeah. back, you're doing squats. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I, I don't know if that's like, you, I love to work. I'm getting back into the gym and doing weights now. Cause all these young white belts are kicking my ass. He's <laughs> <laughs> freaking muscle bound white belts, 26 yeah. years old, kicking my butt, trying to kick my butt. Um, you know, you were talking before, I think before we went on talking about how, like, you know, you're, you're, you're playing defense cause all these crazy white belts, but, um, yeah, you just don't know what they're going to do to you. Like yeah. the spasm. It's, it's almost like with jujitsu, sometimes you, it's almost easier to beat a new blue belt than a brand new white belt because the blue belt moves in a predictable fashion yeah. within jujitsu. Oh, yeah. Okay. The white belt, you're still going to beat the new white belt, but he's not going to do what you expect. <laughs> and there's a, there, you know, there's a possibility, especially as a big guy, because they're so tense and they're putting so much force in everything. Yeah, that you're going to take an elbow or something that you wouldn't take from somebody who is yeah. the spazzy white a little belt. more experience, you know. Yeah, the spazzy yeah. white belt. The spazzy white belt. So yeah, yeah I, I definitely like the first the first couple of days I was back, I was just I was playing defense, laying back, kind of yeah. letting them do their thing and and get my you know working on position and you know taking advantage, of getting to the back, and so that's where I want to be anyway. But not doing it in aggressive. Because the other thing is, if I bring aggression, and I'll bring aggression, but I'm not going to do it to the new white belt mm -hmm. big dot. Because I, if I do that, how, what, how's he going to react? Yeah. Is he going to bring controlled aggression too that yeah. I know how to maneuver and play with? Mm -hmm. Or do I just need this? Because if I, if I make the wrong call on that and he does something wonky, yeah. <laughs> when I'm 155 pounds, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm so, one whole 10 year old bigger than you <laughs> <laughs> swallowed yeah. half of him. So, <laughs> I tell you, TJ, for me, when I'm in, I've just, and it's just something that I do on my own, especially when it's a big guy, at least when I first start training with them, I'll usually say, and if I, again, if I know they're white belt, you know, we don't do a lot of no gi in my gym. It's usually our open mats or our no gi days. When I do have a big guy like that, I'll usually say, you know, once I determine how long they've been training, sometimes it's a week, sometimes, you know, again, with yeah. the pandemic, they might've been training for a few months, but I'll say, Hey, what would you like to work on? You know, and I'll let yeah. them get in, like get a guard, might get into my side guard or, um, again, brand new guys. Hey, jujitsu one oh one. you know, let's work on open and, and close guard passing. Let's, you know, I go to which, something very specific because I, I do know, like you said, I'm going to want somebody's getting hurt and it's probably going to be me because yeah. they're too unpredictable where right. again, once yeah. they, once they're around a little bit, they know, okay, well, let me not do this stupid move because it's just going to hurt one of us. Let's actually do some jujitsu rather than yeah. the whole, like, <laughs> ah, you know, so <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll usually, 
and and my coaches have always been okay with it. And I think I, you know, they haven't really had a conversation with me about it, but I think they like that I do it because they know like, hey, the new guy, especially if it's a big new guy, hey, big new guy, go with Milton because I'm usually one of the bigger, if not the <laughs> biggest guy in my gym. Most of the time I'm the biggest. At 235 on any given weekday, I'm probably the biggest. Uh, there's like one other guy now that's back that used to train with us who's a blue belt who's a little bit bigger than me. And he and I usually train together, but I'll, I'll almost always just let, hold on. I don't care that the bell just went off and everybody's rolling. Hey, what do you want to work on? How long have you been doing this? Yeah. Do you feel like you have some weaknesses somewhere? Uh, do you, do you know how to do this? Answers almost, I'll, you know, loaded question. I'll almost always know the answer is going to be no. And then we work on stuff and then it gets, once you kind of know them a little bit too, there's two things that get the spaz out of white belts, them knowing you and them learning jujitsu. So I get yeah. to, I like to get to know them because then they're not going to be like, listen, I'm not going to try to kill you. I'm going to let you work on your stuff. So yeah. let's work on this. Okay. Now work a little harder. Yeah. Okay. Pass my guard. Now go. Okay. Go a little, don't go worry about fast, worry about accuracy and work, work on the details. The speed is going to come. And then they usually, kind of, at least with me, then I'll see them trying to murder somebody across the gym. Once yeah. we done rolling. <laughs> but with the, I just, I, listen, I got to work the next day. I'm not there. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not typically training for a competition. I haven't since since after the heart attack. I did one competition after that. That was that was pretty hard because cardio sucked. Um, but you know I, I, that's the way I do it. So I'm not scared to say let's work on something versus all right. Let's see where this goes. You know I, <laughs> yeah. I just don't I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Brain so, jump. <laughs> anyway, you know again and then coming yeah. back from you know the knee injury as well. Like now I'm always like okay this it's it's always it's on my mind still. I don't want to re-injure it. I I could deal with the injury. <laughs> That's crazy. It's a, I can't deal with being out, right? I think that's a, the mindset for a lot of that's us. That's the is worst like a, part. Uh, that's why a lot of guys work through the injuries. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, I think he's the heavyweight champ in, in fight to win. Uh, Kodiak Fields. He's a, he's a Kodiak, fight sports yeah. guy. Kodiak, right? Um, yeah. He just posted today. I'm going to be out. I'm, he's missing, I think, the next fight to win because he's like, I've I got some it. injuries that I got, I've, I've been ignoring yeah. and I've, and yeah. I've got, to, and you know, he's, I see, you know, he trains down there with Cyborg and I mean, they don't, they don't play like that's some, some no. more training. So, yeah. so anyway, so like, you know, that's what happens. That's the alternative. And for me, I, I, it just can't be, I can't not do the podcast. I can't not go to work in the morning. I can't not, I can, I can not train, but the brain is going to go bonkers if, uh, if I, you know, if I, if I can't get into the gym. So. I mean, that's the way I do it. I don't know what, yeah. what your thoughts are on that. But like, again, you know, sitting down with somebody and being like, hey, hold on, let's work on something. I feel no, like I, I, I'm, I, I have like permission to do that for my gym. Nobody's told me, I ah, don't do that. Just roll with the guy, murder him. You know, it doesn't happen. No. <laughs> I, I, I think there's again. a lot of utility in that. I mean, you yeah. got nothing to prove yeah. to that. To yourself, at least. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe sometimes you get a white belt on there that needs something to be proven to them. But yeah. that's going to happen anyway. Because yeah. you're, you're going to put yourself in a dominant position. It's just, how do I get there? Do I get there smoothly and using defense or do I get there by just going freaking, you know, honey badger? Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, I can do that too, but I don't, I'm like I said, a big new white belt. What I don't want to do is bring a level of aggression that they're going to try to meet with aggression cause they don't know what else to do. And then like it's physics. <laughs> like, we... I'm little, <laughs> but now that says I'll roll with it. I don't like, yeah. I'll roll with anybody. I don't yeah. care about size. I don't care about whatever. You know, I, there's something to be learned from each interaction. But now, especially with, I've been in this, doing this for, oh gosh, close to six years. And um, 
even today I was talking to the guys about it that a year and a half ago even I didn't have the ability to um, rev the engine or pull it back the way I do now in terms of how, what kind of technique am I going to use and how much um, aggression like you know what I mean it was mm -hmm. it was on a lot and I could vary it a little bit but it was it was mostly up and now I can really and I feel like I have to because I'm starting to see there's a big skill difference now between myself and some of the the newer people and um, the other thing too is I don't want to hurt anybody either mm -hmm. you know what I mean like doing something with aggression you know this controlled aggression but you can still you can be an upper belt and still hurt somebody right easy you're not just yeah. this amazing you have to be careful and you have to gauge your training partners too like how big are they how how strong are they and if they're a little on the smaller side and, and know, I think you, we always have to remember too and again, I, you know, I do talk to my coach a lot about marketing. Like he'll ask me little tips. I'll be like, hey, what do you do for this? Just we have small conversations here and there. And what students have to remember is this is a business for your coach. This is your professor, your yeah. coach's business. And if you're out there hurting anyone and they don't come back, you know, times mm, yeah. that 100, yeah, 150 yeah. times 12 and you just lost him that. Yep. You know, so it's bad enough that you have people that, you know, kind of come and go or that I'm not saying it's a bad thing to, to pay, you know, just for your classes if that's what you do. But think about, you know, 150, 150 plus a month times 12. He loses yeah. that because you put a knee on somebody's face because, yeah. you know, maybe you just went a little too hard and, and you know, wrist locked the white belt, you know. So I, I yeah. do keep that in the back of my mind. And that's helped me. Look, I'm not. Again, in the foreseeable future, I'm not looking to compete. I'm not, you know, try not to treat it like a training session, like an ADCC match. But besides, again, not wanting to get hurt, not wanting to hurt anybody else, it's still a business for your coach. And if you're out there being a, a dick, basically, you're yeah. going to cause your gym problems. And I could say that I have probably been guilty of that when I, because like you said, like I didn't always you know, turn it down with the spazzy white belt. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah? yeah. Really? This is what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and now it's kind of like, Crush, okay, kill, destroy. Guard, you know, yeah. Crush, kill, destroy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. it used to be like yeah. that. And, and I, and, and we talk about that a lot. You know, we had Brandon McCatherine on, he's a, a 10th planet black belt. I'm not sure you know, him. um, he, he said, I actually put out a clip of it too, because it was, it was like, it was the perfect way to think about that. He said, you come at me like a savage. <laughs> I'm not only going to go light, but I'm going to go light and I'm going to hit. He did it like this too with his hand. He goes, and I'm going to submit you. <laughs> and, and it just really sticks in my mind now as, yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's, well, I think 15 years in and you know, he owns his gym. You can't go at everybody like a savage because even if you could submit him, doesn't mean that you can't tweak your knee. You can't, you know, yeah. you can't hurt a shoulder. In that, you know, okay, you submitted him and then you get, oh, shit, I, I just messed something up. Yeah, But sure. it was so perfect the way he put it. He, he, he's, he speaks so, he's so funny, eloquently really about jiu-jitsu. I, I, love, I love talking to him. But, yeah, just, you know, it was a great way to look at it. And he goes, but that's the beauty of jiu-jitsu. You know, then you're going to learn. You're gonna, didn't you just learn even more in, in, that, uh, in that, you know, in that role or that's being submitted? So, I, that's kind of sits in the back of my mind now. I'm definitely much more calm than I've ever been in my jujitsu. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with the pandemic. I'll be three years at, at purple belt in 
I think in July I'll be uh, I'll be a purple belt for three years, and I'm the most calm going back to jujitsu, and probably partially because the injury. I'm the most calm in my jujitsu than I've ever been. The most comfortable, the most calm. I don't go freaking crazy. I can, you know, we we learn some. Like I do a lot of um, of lockdown, so I'm totally comfortable with somebody. If you take me down, I can usually get that half guard or that uh, uh, that lockdown. So I'm really comfortable mm-hmm. there. I think that's part of it. But I don't, I don't go. Spa- I'm not a spazzy purple belt by any means. But I don't. Yeah. You know, it's not kill, kill, kill. So you're gonna become you know, like that. Uh, the really old master. Chinese master where he just grabs like the guy throws a punch with all his might and with two fingers he grabs him by the wrist and brings him down you know yeah, that's, that's where we all want to be we always want yeah, to be just grab kinda, yeah, like, that's, oh, that's where we want to be <laughs> but yeah. so uh so you're back on the mats now mm-hmm. um yeah you're I noticed that again I saw a post is your son training with you not or was that a was that a wrestling video that you put up the other day you got him into some wrestling yeah, I got wrestling. him into some wrestling. Wrestling, yeah, he's doing some wrestling <laughs> now. Um, introduction into that, and yeah. um, it's different than jujitsu. Oh yeah, you know the, yeah. it is. It is a hard sport. I mean, jujitsu is hard, yeah. but there's a mental toughness that wrestling. And I, I didn't really. I wrestled in seventh and eighth grade, but, but I didn't do it in high school. I didn't do it after that. Just watching him, like learning right now like when you're especially because it's a kind of a private lesson you know it's mm-hmm. just one-on-one if you're in a group of 12 kids in a jujitsu class you can only herd the cats so much right i mean there's there's a lot of grab ass and goofiness happening yeah. all over the place you can nothing you can do about it it's just kids right yeah. <laughs> this one-on-one wrestling stuff's a little different um and there are i i don't want to you know yeah. and the coach is like well you go sit there for one minute i'll give you one minute you figure it out and you come back. You'll go and pout and then it'll come back 12 seconds later. <laughs> it's like, well, this sucks. So I don't want to sit in the corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there, there's a mental, um, there's lessons in that for a kid that, I mean, those are lessons we all should learn at some point in our life. Yeah. Start learning them when you're seven. Yeah. Because it's about adversity. Like that, that's, I think, what, what, I, what the lesson is. It's how to cope with adversity. And we do get good at that in jujitsu too. I mean, that's a part of being smashed mm-hmm. and dealing with it, you know. But um, the other dad is a, is a real um, – he's a coach for football and some other things. And his son looked at him, and he just shook his head and said, I'm not coming to save you. You figure it out. <laughs> you know, and that's where, like, that's that – you got to – these kids, it's, it's a, what a wonderful lesson for them to learn at seven. So I'm glad he's doing that um, – now and I want him to do a lot of sports just to experiment and see what he can. Is he doing jujitsu as well though, or or not yet? He he did it he did it before the pandemic. We're not we're okay. not bring him quite back yet or okay. back quite yet, but we we will soon. And he's asking every single day. Yeah, he loves because it's fun. Yeah, you know playing with and doing all that stuff. But like my favorite competition was the last one I did. It was in um, it was last it was a year ago January, and I went to Grappling Industries in Cleveland because my dad's there. And he had never seen me compete, and my son had never seen me compete. So I did a competition there with them, watching, and I I won my bracket. And after the last match, my son is standing there, and I'm standing. You know, I'm about to raise my hand. I'm you know I'm trying not. I'm, I was happy, but I wasn't trying to like you know showboat or be like you know whatever. My kid, he goes, 
yeah. <laughs> and reflexively look over there, and he's got this giant smile on his face, and he yeah. gives me the thumbs up, and I couldn't help but like. This is the whole reason. And it wasn't because I needed him to see me win. I needed him to see me fight. Yeah. You know, and that's a lesson that I try to talk to him all the all the time about is I I don't care about if you win. I want you putting the work in. Yeah. You know, and I and that's a fine line. I mean we all of course we want to win. We want to teach competitiveness, but um that's especially for kids, like, I, th I think you have to keep it fun. And um, you have to focus on the work, I think, more than results. Because if you only get focused on the results, man, I'm guilty of that, too, from my previous life when I was flying fighters. Like, that is a super competitive environment. And you're, if you're the number one guy, when the next assignment comes out, you get whatever you want that the Air Force has We also have Top Gun. We know. I mean, and that, <laughs> you know, just kidding. No, but the, like, the, <laughs> that movie, which is not my favorite movie, <laughs> but the the competitive drive in those guys, like that's something they get right, and that's yeah. a real thing. And and you are um, you are ranked and graded from day one on how you do. And the number two guy gets to pick whatever's left. And there's always Mister Relevant at the end, right? The NFL draft. The same thing in a fighter squad. If it's your time to move and you're paired up with twelve different guys, and you were the last one. You don't get the assignment you wanted. You don't get the good one. You know, um, that's not something he has to learn how to deal with yet. But he can learn how to deal with adversity. So, in these ways, so that when it's time for a lesson like that or time to cope with something like that, he has a tool set. You know. Do you have? You so said you, you did wrestling for a couple of years. Do you? I, I so did I. Uh, eighth and ninth. You said seventh and eighth. I did eighth and ninth. Yeah. Our ninth grade is in our junior high where, where I'm from, even though it was considered, yeah. you know, it's high school. It was physically yeah. in the, in the junior high. It was actually six through nine is housed in the same building. Uh, so we're, that's the wrestling team. So do you, do you kind of have some wrestling moves in your, in your mental filing cabinet? Cause I, cause I do, there are little things that I do. Do you kind of dip back into that and how, how important do you think wrestling is in, in, you know, in, in jujitsu? I, uh, you know, I, I don't have much because it was like it was three months in the winter and then three mm. months in the winter and then I didn't do it again. Yeah. So I don't have I don't have a ton, but um, there is uh, I think in general with wrestling. Well, it my game. I don't like to have to play guard, mm -hmm. but I do play guard when I have to because I'm <laughs> little, so I end up on the bottom a lot. So I have to have a, a you know a competent guard. But my intent. At the beginning of every match, I don't care how big the guy is, is to take them down. And then to get on top, side control, stay on top, and bait them into giving up some of their back somehow so that I can work my way to the rest of their back and hold that position there or, or submit. It doesn't always work that way, but that's, that's the blueprint that I'm trying yeah. to follow. I don't pull guard. Um, that's just not the way I do it because I like how that dictates the terms. You know, immediately it says, this is how it's going to be. This is, this is what you're going to have to bait, beat. And if you can beat it, that's fine. But this is what you have to deal with. This is how I'm coming at you. And I think that there is probably a chunk of wrestling mentality that's in that thinking because wrestling is a very, um, it's, it's a battle of wills in a lot of ways. It's a very dominant, focused sport. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, you can play a very 
non-dominant game and and just play guard and be yeah. exceptional at it. Yeah. And it works too. That's why I think but it falls I would, yeah, that's why I think it falls in very well into martial arts because that's the art of it. To be able yeah. to like gentle jujitsu and still be Well, I mean, yeah, you know, it's considered right, we call it the gentle art for a reason because yeah. you can be getting smashed and all of a sudden boop, you know, wrist lock yeah. or, you know, again. Yeah. Yeah. Toe hold, what yeah. you know, you, you get something twist quick the pinky out of finger. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm trying to get Bo on the mat so his references get better. <laughs> and he stops talking about martial Biting arts, toes. Toes. Yeah, yeah. To, right? I got to get him on the mat. I, 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 shaming him into it hasn't worked, you know. Oh, no, really? That so what, what, about a, what about a carrot? What about a carrot? <laughs> like, what, what can you give him? What is what is he like? Yeah, what right? is Bull like? Thirty six twenty four. Thirty six twenty four. Thirty five. Blonde. Yeah. About five foot ten. Does, oh god. Does jujitsu? She's a master. Don't, I'm in. Keep, keep him off the mat. Yeah. Don't, don't even. See? Don't even. The, the thing that, the Except thing, to like clean the mat. The maybe. carrot that I can dangle. Yeah. He's got plenty of it already. He's got his his yeah, medical. You. He's got his medical that. card for it already. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, what is, nah, wait a minute. What are you yeah. talking? Sprinkle yeah. and catnip. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get him. So, we gotta get him on the mat. I, I'm gonna get him on the mat eventually. Actually, what I'm yeah. thinking is actually when we move into the new house, we're gonna have some mats in the gym, and okay. uh, mats in the garage, and yeah. that's when I think I'm gonna be able to be like, hey, Bo, let's let me just show you some stuff. You can figure it out there. Yeah. Let's just yeah, show you some stuff, and I think I think you know you know how it's you you're either in or you're out. You're gonna be like, yeah, I don't like this, or like, oh, show me more. I told you, I want to learn takedowns. I want to try this. I want to. I told you, my interest, my interest is takedowns. That's what I want to learn: how to take down a guy that's two or three times my size. You know, where I don't have that because, like I said, I can hit. That's not a problem. I definitely have strong hits, legs and We love and guys arms. that say that, don't we? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, TJ. But I can't yeah. wrestle, yeah. or I can't wrestle or take down. That's where I'm weak. All right. And yeah. I know it's not about strength. I know it's about leveraging, but I don't know the art of we're leveraging. We're going to get you in there. Soon, soon in crypto, but not, in, <laughs> not on the map. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I said, you know, I, I believe, I know his personality. I, I think that he's going to love it. I think that he's going to take to it so much that he's going to be one of those guys, like you said, like you were saying before, you've trained for 14 days and you trained so much and you got to like, now I got to take her. I, I believe he'll yeah. be like that. That's what I yeah. think, because I think that that's the one thing missing from his life, knowing him without going too deep into personal stuff. It's the one thing that I think is missing is that outlet for him because he's such a creative guy. That yeah. and that's an out, I know that's an outlet for him, only but I think he's missing that physical outlet, and he doesn't do that. So. You know, it's interesting. I have friends that I have tried to introduce to jujitsu, and I would say most people, um, they are either not interested, yeah. or the the few that I have introduced or that came to class, like, no. I've never. And I was, every time I was surprised because I, I, I really thought that this is the person that would be interested in the technical part of it or whatever. I'm just like, I no. have but you never think back brought to, someone in. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, yes. I just you know, think about what your first day was like though, too. Like the anxiety of it, how actually when I first got back to the gym, like a couple weeks ago, the first day, there were times when I was tired and I wanted to quit in the middle of a round. I haven't felt that way in years. And I, my, conditioning stayed reasonable throughout COVID. Okay. So I wasn't coming in like 
like a mess. But that first day, I was like, man, I haven't felt that way in since the beginning. But it reminded me of how that felt, where you're on the bottom yeah. and you, you almost want to tap because of the pressure, because you're tired. Like, this needs to end. And that panic sets in. And it was funny because as it was happening to me a couple weeks ago, I'm like, huh, I have felt this before. Yeah. I know what I have to do. I just have to survive. I just have to endure this because it's going to stop. And that's a tool set we get, right? But I haven't had to think my way through that in a long time. The art of stoicism. Being, you know? Yeah, yeah you know, for it, sure. 100%. Right? It is. Yeah. It is. So for me, it, in my the beginning of my jiu-jitsu journey, my first coach was 265. He was probably about, he was under 5'10". He was shorter than me and about 265. His game was smash and pass, stay on top, get on top, stay on top. Now, just coincidentally, I found this on my own. I, I just wound up getting this position and won my first white belt tournament by doing a north-south. I've actually won, won a few of them. But before I knew what north-south was, I mean literally laying on somebody's face, TJ, and they <laughs> tapped from it. I really went my stomach on their face. And actually, I kind of do it as a joke yeah. to some guys. Now I can sure. maneuver their face and just put it all, all the way down. Yeah. Put the, the gut down on their the face. The melting muffle. <laughs> but, I, but for me, it's, it's you know, takedown. Or, for, you know, in the gym, I'll usually, again, because I'm a bigger guy, I'll let them attack. So it's usually kind of sweep most of the time from like some type of lockdown or half guard. Mm -hmm you know, get to side control and then go north south. I don't do a lot of back takes. Um, I don't do a lot of mount. I'm almost always trying to because there's a look like a small series that I can do. If I don't get the north south, then there's a way to kind of come up. You've got their arm locked and you're like laying next to them, their faces under your arm and there's a you just lift up on their elbow and there's a little there's a lock there, like a shoulder lock. Uh, so I, I for me it's my wrestling when I do takedowns or I get somebody maybe in turtle, there's some like wrestling moves, just kind of the way you hold the body or like I could literally like I put my hands under somebody's one under their like over their chest or they're in turtle under their arms across their chest and grab both of their arms and like take it out. Just like some just wrestling maneuvers that I remember that I used to do okay. that, I, that mm -hmm. I've carried over. So not a lot of technical. I sucked at wrestling. I was no I, 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 you know, you do two years of wrestling. You know, how great yeah. are you going to be? So I wasn't sure. wasn't the greatest. But it did help me in my jujitsu, especially in the beginning when I was that spazzy guy. I was like, well, I know how to take somebody down. I know how to do a double leg. I know how to kind of keep you down and pin you. So that helped me. And that's why I, get, I think that mindset from the beginning of my jujitsu journey was what has led me to just, well, I'd like to smash. I like to stay on top. No, no, <laughs> keep his back on the ground. I don't want to lift him up. I don't want to mm -hmm. take his back. I don't want to be behind him. I, I just want you to know, smash and pass. So so that's the way that that's kind of my like my workflow. But at the same time, I mean, just, you know, again, the longer you do it, depending on who you're rolling with, you kind of feel comfortable from everywhere. And it is fun for me to, again, feeling more comfortable in my jujitsu. I do like to I'll put myself in a bad position. I'll let somebody kind of get sure. my back, you know, yeah. like, let me work out of it. I do. Have, I have a training partner. that will be like, come on, move. And I'm like, he, I'm like, what do you mean move? I'm waiting for you to make a mistake. I'm waiting for you to, you move. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for you to make a mistake so that, that I can pick something up. Like know? a news other. Yeah. 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 He's a, he's actually a, I believe he's got a, he's a judo brown belt and now he's a brown belt in jujitsu. And uh, you know, like if he gets, if he gets me if inside control, 
you know, I just kind of, I have to wait him out a little bit. Cause it's just, uh, it's a battle of wills at that point. It's like, neither one of us can move. Yeah. We're both waiting for the other guy to make a mistake. <laughs> so I might go to my side, but sometimes he'll tell me, he's like, come on, come on, move. Let's, let's move. And I'm like, uh, no, God, you can move. Cause I'm, I want to get, when you're with, you, you want to catch me. I want to catch you. Like, you see how this works. No, you know? no. After you. <laughs> so no, you, I insist. You said, you said before, uh, TJ, you, all joking aside, uh, you, you text me that you're like, Oh, I got time for an Epsom salt bath. Is that something that you do a lot? Is that like part of a recovery thing that you do? Or it is, yeah, yeah, I do. Because like I'm big on the recovery devices. I've got magnesium. I've got baby. the uh, the back massager. I've got the chirp. I've got the so right. I just bought an inversion board. Um, cold okay. showers after I train are the best. Cold, straight up cold shower because I can't do a. Yeah, I know, right? Can't do it. Can't do it. Here's you know the trick. Magnesium, Here's magnesium the trick. is magic. Here's the trick. I start it warm, bearable. Okay. You know, where I go in like I would normally go in for a shower because I don't do it every only after training, immediately after training. If I have to, if I can shower, it's cold. Start it warm and then I just slowly move it to cold. The reverse frog. And thing. then, I mean, <laughs> it, it gets to points where you're just like, oh my God, this is so freaking cold. <laughs> you know, yeah. but honestly, I've gone, I've got like, get a lot of neck pain and that, that neck pain will cause headaches, especially if it comes from training and I do that, I'm usually pretty good. And again, sure. then, you know, the massage guns and stuff like that. But all I did was I'm like, Hmm. See everybody taking these ice baths. Well, I'm not going to fill my tub with, I'm not going to fill my tub with ice. Well, what if I just did a cold shower and it started to work for me. So I just kind of do that as a, as a default, especially if it's again, right after training, when I wake up in the morning, it's usually a hot shower, you know, kind of get the muscle stretching. But yeah. if I'm coming right from jujitsu, almost always jump in that shower and do, do a cold. What, what else do you do for recovery? I have two of those little hyper ice balls, those massage balls. Yeah, that I use. and then I get a massage too. Like yeah. I, I don't get a relaxing massage. I get the kind where they just go in there, they break up the fascia and mm. rebalancing. Even yeah, and even when I lift, I, I lift um, for like a therapeutic lift. You know what I mean? Mm. To rebalance muscles, to work the stuff that's getting neglected because of the, when I, you know what I mean? I just yeah. I, I maintenance lifting for me is a mate is a required function, but it's a maintenance function. The only mm. thing that I haven't started yet that I want to haven't made time for it would be yoga because I, there mm. I keep hearing from guys like there's a black book all kinds of guys that they get into like man this was huge yeah and I think a lot of has has you know that overuse injury to balance things out you know because that's that's what I will get is over I don't I haven't had a um like a catastrophic injury yet you know yeah. that some that some people are unfortunate I, I enough to absolutely endure. agree with the yoga I actually before I did jujitsu you know the P90X videos? Mm -hmm. Remember those videos? Yeah. Right. yeah, there, was yeah, yeah. there was a series of videos. On one of them, one of them was a yoga. Uh, one was a yoga video. And then they at the end, it was called Yoga Belly. So like they did uh, like kind of like ab-related yoga, yoga workouts. So did I say jujitsu? It, it, it was a yoga video. Yoga video with, uh, with yoga, so like a, you know, an ab workout at the end. Like the yoga was like over an hour and then like it was called uh, yoga belly was like another 20 minutes like it was like the longest video they had so i used to do those i, I had a, a buddy lend them to me it was great loved loved the whole series of uh, workout series but that yoga i still i carry that over just like the little parts more for yeah. the stretching side i definitely don't do it like i should be like really getting to a good yoga class i've done it for relaxation i pulled up videos on youtube I keep on seeing, you know, the, there's a guy, uh, BJJ for yoga. I don't, uh, or uh, yoga for BJJ, excuse me. 
You ever I have, see BJJ? I have seen that. I've he, seen that. I see him a lot, and yeah. I'm like, I gotta, I got, I see it, and I see some of his videos of movement, and I'm like, I gotta do that. That's where I need to be. Agree you know, with you that another... I should, but I just haven't gotten there. But like yeah. I've done all these other devices as kind of my my methods of recovery. There's another component to this though, to recovery, and it's almost like free free workout thinking, or you know, when you do jujitsu, especially if you want to compete, you usually start making different habit decisions too. Like maybe you drink a little less, maybe mm. you sleep a little more, maybe your nutrition improves a little bit. So um, that's what's what's so incredible. You will change your own life around yeah. the sport. You know, I agree. And, uh, so like and working like, like with, uh, yeah, go ahead. And with, the, with, with the veterans, these guys that we're sponsoring that um, some of them come in, um, in a place that is, they're not in a great place. And that's honestly exactly the people we're trying to find. Yeah. And then you see the changes they make and the weight loss and the things they find, the sense of purpose again, you know, all the, like, so I, I always, I talk about like five different things that I think is a great way. It's a great way to break down jujitsu. Why does jujitsu work as a therapy for veterans? Like I have five components to it. I, I don't know if I've talked to you about these offline or before. I'm not going to go into all them, but there's fitness is one of them. Touch is one of them. Structure is one of them. Community is one of them. And the last one is achievement. And it's all those pieces where you find that sense of purpose again, because you start making changes to get good at something. You have a goal. You want to improve. You want to be in there for the long haul. And you, that stuff's easier when you show discipline. You make changes, and the results are very much there. And everybody can see them. Your friends don't do jujitsu. You'll see them too. You know, things that are noticeable. And um, I think that that's a component of, of recovery too. You take better care of yourself. You know, not just yeah. intentionally like with a, I am trying to fix my back. It's, I'm trying to be better. And I don't know many other activities that inspire that, the way jiu-jitsu does. Great. And we're not seasonal. You know, this is year-round for us. This isn't yeah. like, you know, you mentioned yeah. before, like uh, wrestling was uh, three months out of the year, right? I mean, mm -hmm. this is for us, you know, in our world, this is, this is year-round. doesn't matter what the weather is outside. Maybe some people won't go when it's raining or it's icy out of the snow. I get that. I know for, you know, down here in Florida, I mean, it's, it's 365. Yeah. You know, we want to get there as much as possible. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm real lucky to be in, at a gym where it's open seven days a week. We train. Yeah, mine, we open mats. They have boxing yeah. and CrossFit. The guy who owns it, his name is um, Jeremy Clark. He is a strength and conditioning coach. or like Actually, I think he's a technically player development coach. I probably have the titles a little bit wrong, but <laughs> in the LA Kings organization. Okay. And he does a lot with the Ontario Reign. So he understands professional athletes and that regime. And he's got boxing guys that compete at a very high level. And he's got, we've got people in our gym that have, have won pans, won worlds, and been on the podiums in those competitions. You know, And we're still kind of young. Our main affiliate um, that's down the road, M-Theory, that we're associated with, you know, we have their instructors, their black belts, that place, Ishmael Bentley there, it's Pedro Sauer affiliation. That guy builds black belts and champions. 
it's incredible what that program has become. And so we're like the little kid, mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? It's just 30 minutes down the road. And I go, we train there too, you know? Um, but Jeremy being able to look at different programs and different affiliations and having that professional athlete pedigree, he can sniff out. What do I want my guys? Everybody from the average, you know, uh, one or two times a week that is doing it because it's fun to the people who want to be a world champion. He has all of those mentalities in his gym and he knows how to sniff out how do I balance this right to get the person the experience they want mm -hmm. in this gym. You know, uh, and so I, I'm super thankful to be involved in that program because, and like I said, having, having a guy like that with that kind of um, pedigree, and they won the Stanley Cup when he, Cup when he was on the um, coaching staff at least once, maybe twice. Um, it's awesome. And here I am like some 5'8", 155-pound guy. Like I never – there's title-holding MMA fighters that come and, and train. There's guys that are doing jiu-jitsu that have retired from fighting, Bellator guy, um, that how do I get to be in the same room as them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's not that I'm as good. I don't have to be. But yeah. there's this – they are willing to accept me into that environment that from the outside, I'm like, man, those guys are on TV. Like, you know what? That's, yeah. and I get, and I get to be a part of, of that family. Yeah. Just because, just because I put the work in. It's, it's real interesting down, like, you know, for, for us down here, you know, the next two, like one town over is Coconut Creek as American top team. We actually have had, they're, they're, they're uh, close to the public, but their pros are able to change. So their their regular program for kids and adults that you know aren't pros is is shut down right now. So we've had actual students coming into the gym, uh, but in the past, you know, we've had you know had ex UFC fighters come in. I've got the current uh, Titan FC champion uh, that was on one of the shows recently. He comes in to train once in a while. He'll do a, an open mat because he's friends with uh, Miguel, one of uh, one of our co-hosts here. So uh, yeah, it's, it's it is it is really amazing, you know. It, yeah. With the all, all we need is that jujitsu connection, right? Yeah. You know. Yep. We have that jujitsu <laughs> connection, and probably, I think that, like a boxer, we have a better connection to an MMA guy than a boxer does ha have to an MMA guy, because the jujitsu world is just completely different. There's yeah. there's this brotherhood in jujitsu that is where. I, I kind of sense that we're probably like the most active on social media, you know, where we're again, that brotherhood is there. You can go to any gym and train anywhere in the world. Hey, they might charge you, but you're pretty much welcome. Bring your yeah. gi and you're welcome. Um, you know, it, it, at least for me, I've never seen this and I've never heard anybody talk about this in, in, in that way, any other sport in that way. There's just something different about jujitsu. And maybe it's because we're literally, you know, or figuratively, killing each other. We yeah. could, if I held that choke longer, I could kill you. <laughs> if I held that arm a little bit longer, I could break it. I know you, but want there's to. that element of trust. <laughs> there's just this element of what we're doing to each other. That's just like, okay, if you're doing jujitsu and you're okay in that gym, I know that you're an okay guy. And, and, and jujitsu really kind of cleans out the, the a-holes, right? You're not going to last. If you're a, if you're an asshole and you're at a gym, you're not going to last in a jujitsu gym. Because you get weeded out pretty quickly. They're either going to ask you to leave, or people are just going to, you know, really try to hurt or you're you. You're not going to. You're not going to have fun. Yeah. You're not going to fit. Yeah. And a lot of times, those people don't come back. And I guess that's where like the brotherhood comes in, right? Like you know, a lot of yeah. veterans talk about, 
you know, I think that might have been on, was that on your list of the five things? Like that community and brotherhood that jujitsu brings, it's such a good fit for the veteran community because of that. Because it really, I have, I've told stories about being on the mat, going to train, I'm stretching, group of veterans, we start talking and we never train. In my first gym, that happened more than a couple of times because my coach was part of a PTSD group and he was, he had guys coming in, he gave them free jujitsu and there'd be days that those guys would come in, we'd start talking, they'd start telling like literal war stories and, you know, maybe we'd smell like a guy, we knew he had been drinking and we knew like he needs to talk. He's here because he doesn't need the jujitsu today. He needs he needs to talk, mm-hmm. and we'd sit in a circle and some, we wouldn't train and we'd be sitting there for hours talking. You know, I, I really I, you know, kind of never understood that until I saw it, and and, and that does actually lead me to a question that I, I've been itching to ask. I mean, you're the perfect guy to ask. Why? Why do veterans? And, and I'm not asking this question in a bad way. But whatever. I want to understand the mindset. Why do veterans tend to stay away? especially when they first come back or, or first, you know, come out of the military, why do they feel like they need to stay away from civilians or what is it about that? Uh, uh, tell me, do you understand what I'm asking? Right? Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Um, there's a lot of components to it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch them all. Um, but I'm going to hit some of them. Uh, a lot of times veterans come back with a trust deficit. Okay. That's if they, especially ones that have been deployed in like, you know, Iraq or Afghanistan. Because when you're there, the only people you can trust are the people that you deployed with, the people that you are in your unit, mm-hmm. the people you're operating with. Every single other human being is a potential threat. I mean, a good friend of mine, Dave Broder, went to the academy together. We were F-16 pilots. You know, we didn't fly together, but you know, we, we were, I say good friend, we were acquaintances after the academy, but we'd see each other once in a while. And um, there was a news, uh, it was on the news years ago now, um, where one of the Afghani nationals came to a meeting and shot up the room. Oh, boy. Wow. And that was all over the news. And that was, that was Dave, you know. Um, and uh, you, you, you don't, you can't trust people. You can trust the people you know you can trust. Mm-hmm. So when you leave the military, after, especially after a combat, a series of combat deployments, you have a trust deficit oftentimes. And it's difficult to be willing to invest in civilians. And it's a problem because it leads to isolation. And isolation kills. Yeah. Absolutely. It does. That's, we've, we know that from yeah. lockdown. We know that from the mental health consequences of what we all endured this year as a world. Yeah. Not just uh, not just in the military, you know, community. So I, I think that's a major part of it is not being willing to trust. And now, if you are dealing with anxiety or depression, PTSD, you have a whole other slew of things you have to cope with. They're uncomfortable, and sometimes interacting with people is not pleasant. So there are a lot of barriers. To, to getting into a community again. And that's why one of the reasons why the community of jiu-jitsu is so important for them to be involved in because everybody has a story. Everyone's dealing with something. But when you come from the military, you, you don't necessarily want to get to know everyone else's stories. You're usually, when we're dealing with those sorts of things, 
I don't just mean veterans, I mean people in general, anxiety, depression, we become very self-concerned because in a way we're trying to protect ourselves, especially with anxiety. You know, your fight or flight system is always on, you're hypervigilant. Your body is in a physiological mode of defense. You're not going to be open. And jujitsu introduces a, an environment where openness is, is, is organic. Mm-hmm. It just happens, right? So um, in answering the question of why do veterans avoid civilian, civilians or civilian society or culture, um, I offer that as a bit of an answer, but then jujitsu is the medicine. Mm-hmm. Because of because of the way it causes you to interact, and the other thing that makes jujitsu really important and special, and I, I don't know if I talked to you about this. Like, I already went through my, my five, my second one, second one, two, touch. Mm-hmm. It has a leg up on every, every other activity I could think of because of touch, mm-hmm. because of how you bond with people. It's, it's the same chemicals in your body that happen when you touch your son's face, or mm-hmm. you hold their hand when you pick them up at school. Endorphins. You know? endorphins and when they grow up and they don't want you to do it anymore and it crushes you yeah but you is like i know it's okay because it's time but it doesn't make it feel any <laughs> less touching bad, me. Right? yeah <laughs> there's something in jujitsu about that touch and there's even been studies that have been done that say you know if you uh that doctors and nurses who touch their patients have better health outcomes those patients it is it is incredibly important and in our culture there's almost a taboo on it in western culture it's it's much less of a thing in middle eastern cultures and asian cultures but um it's incredibly important to uh recovery and now let's i mean we'll take it a step further what about a military sexual trauma that is a very difficult subject to deal with, you know, with touch. And you have to figure out how does, how does an individual navigate these things. But in jiu-jitsu, when you become more and more comfortable with it over time, it is a therapeutic uh, process. And that's why with We Defy, we're not just trying to put veterans on mats. We're advocating for jiu-jitsu as a viable therapy for these individuals. Like not just talk therapy, not just going to see the psychologist, not the drugs, not the antidepressants, um, not the surgery. Those are all could be all parts of the same the picture, but this is a viable therapy that may be better in some ways than some of the other options. It's real, and that's something we're trying to bring up too. That we're not maybe not thought of as the first thing that comes to your mind, but it should be in the conversation. Because it's that powerful, and it works, and I can show you who it worked for. You know, as a as a civilian myself, when I'm in a group of veterans, sometimes I feel I'm like, what a lot of place here. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I I don't know, you know, I don't know those feelings that they have, but I do have the jujitsu. If I'm in a group of of veterans and it, and you know they're jujitsu guys, I mean the jujitsu just that's the, the thing that yeah, connects us that's and, the thing. and bonds us for the average civilian. What, what advice could you give to like the average civilian though? That's not in necessarily like my, my world or in the world of jujitsu. How, 
can they do anything to help or is it just like you can't is there a way for them is there are there things that they could do differently to help a veteran kind of you know kind of come back into that regular civilian life or is it really just completely on the veteran you know that's a really good question i don't have a good answer for it i mean you know i've had veterans say i hate when somebody says thank you for for your service i've I've had a veteran say it it's like i hate that what are you saying thank you for what what do you really do you know what you're thanking me for (laughs) i've had that he's got a bit of a point though he's got a point i've had that and then i've had people say no i like it it's it's nice people like to jump on the bandwagon of statements and think oh i did you remember to say you know thank you for your service but do you really know i I actually stopped i stopped saying it i don't go out of my way to say it um because of that feeling i said oh man what if they you know, it comes off the wrong yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Like how, how, how would Instead they get a compliment? After I heard that, an that reaction, how to, yeah. how does, how, how is it going to come off? So again, usually yeah. when I'm, usually when I am amongst veterans, it's usually again in, in the context of jujitsu. So again, that, you know, that brings us together. So it's just a little, I'm just going to talk about jujitsu, you know? Well, I, I think that that's, I, I don't have a good answer about the civilian side of it, yeah. but we're all personally responsible. We're personally responsible for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it is on those veterans to find a way. Yeah, I mean, and we want to help people, each other, do that. But ultimately, like we don't put these guys in gyms so that they can do jujitsu and just feel better. We're putting them in jujitsu gyms to do the hard work to get better. You know, um, yeah. it's it is on them. We have to respect that they're each gonna each one is gonna have their own feelings on that issue. But I think that what you already said, that bond of jujitsu is exactly what teaches a lot of these veterans. There may be some differences in life experiences, but everybody has a story. Yeah. You start to learn them because you're engaged with them doing these other things that involve touch and fitness and trust building in terms of the tap. Because when in a war, the only way you stop an attack is to kill the attacker or creating a contextual element that makes it seem like a really bad idea for them to continue. You know, mm-hmm. um, in jujitsu, you tap when you're ready to, and the attack stops. That builds trust. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you can't get from another activity very easily. Not a recreational one. Not many of them. Mm-hmm. You I know. know. So that, <laughs> and I've had veterans talk about that. I've yeah. had them say that that tap is how I learned to trust again. And it, nobody has the same story. Nobody gets all the same benefits in all the same amounts. That's super profound, though, to think about that. Yeah. that tr- how to bridge... Because trust is the hardest thing to earn back, mm. yeah. to gain back. So yeah. it's through such a simple little thing as that tap. That's, I don't know. I'm just sitting here listening, and it's kind of blowing my mind. Yeah, I mean, you never, I've never been in a position where, I mean, I might have seen a fight on TV, a UFC fight, where somebody taps and the guy holds it a little bit longer. Or, you know, wait. Well, in, in UFC, sometimes it's you're being a dick, and sometimes it's yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. waiting for the ref to stop it because you don't just stop from the tap. You stop from the ref. Some guys. Because they want to make mm-hmm. sure, like, I don't want the, ta- the the ref to miss that tap. Yeah. And yeah. then they it's, say, it's keep on, on fighting, which has happened, right? It's, sure. you no, know, wait, wait yeah. for the ref. The ref has got to see. 
Uh, but um, so 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 TJ, in, in the context, uh, kind of. Okay, what is Weedify going to be doing different this year? What new things are you going to be launching? If any of you can kind of cue us in on, on some of the things that you'd be doing differently, so that we can get more veterans into this situation. What what are you doing? Hey, what can we be doing? I've always told you, you guys, this is a sounding board for you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys come on whenever you want. Just let me know. We'll set it up. I love having these conversations. I learn so much. Uh, and just, you know, again, part of what we want to do is, you know, the podcast is kind of like the ambassador here. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, we can put out a two-hour conversation about PTSD and how you guys are helping and, you know, wounded combat veterans. And and, and I don't think that we we didn't really today, and we probably should before we we end everything today, is... Tell, you know, can you kind of describe your, we'll start with your mission statement, because we didn't, we didn't say exactly what We Defy does for somebody who's sure. learning about We Defy for the first time. So why, why don't I let you do that? Okay. Well, a, a great way to learn about us is to, to go on our website, mm-hmm. wedefyfoundation.org, and it has all the, the verbiage, you know, that tells our story. Um, but basically, we're, we're a nonprofit that sponsors disabled combat veterans to do jujitsu as a therapy. Mm-hmm. We pay for their tuition uh, for a year. We pay for two uniforms and we put them in a gym that we've looked at that is that we've uh, reached out to or has reached out to us about partnership and that we've vetted to see it, this is a place that we trust to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we're going to see this year is we're going to double down on ambassadors and what we're going to let them do for us okay. because they keep they keep proving how successful uh, that initiative is and how important it is to what we're doing. Um, 84% of uh, taxes aren't done for 2020. 2019, 84% of the money spent by the foundation was scholarship or geese, stuff to, re- yeah. to put the bets directly on the mats. The other 16% was basically overhead. For a nonprofit, that's astounding. And the reason it's like that is because I'm a volunteer. And the president and the board. I mean, they have to be volunteers. But you could have a we could have a director of operations that we paid. We don't. We have ambassadors doing administrative duties for us that you could pay someone to do. But we don't because we want the money to go to the veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, that is integral to how we operate and to our growth because not only do they execute cheaply because they don't cost a lot, but they bring in funds at all these events. Um, so I think you'll continue to see teams that we'll put together. Like we have a design team now that helps with our gear. We have a development team that looks at the big initiatives. Like I expect we'll probably have a gala again this year. Um, Memorial Day and Veterans Day, we always have big nationwide pushes where we ask all of our gyms to participate in open roles. We did a rock for Veterans Day because we couldn't do much rolling or as much in the past. So we raised – we raised like $45,000 and that was with people outside jujitsu doing their own runs and rucks and mm-hmm. videotaping and putting on social media and running Facebook fundraisers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you had, you had a real successful, uh, let me jump in. Uh, you, you had a yeah. real successful campaign that you did, right? That was a, around your, your birthday. Yeah, it, I, it, was, it, was, really it nice. was, yeah, it was, one of the, it was accidental. I mean, I, I did a birthday fundraiser for Weedify. And I, I told a story um, about my best friend who mm-hmm. killed himself. And um, that, I just did it because maybe this will uh, mean something to people. Maybe it'll, it'll generate a little bit of compassion. 
but it generated a lot more than I expected. Mm-hmm. And um, before long, we met the first goal, and then we met another goal, and I just kept upping the goal. And then I started, like, why don't I just make this thing for like a Fourth of July? And then we started bringing, hey, ambassadors, can you invite your friends in this thing? And I, I don't remember how much exactly I raised with that one fundraiser. And we've had other guys do other similar fundraisers. I don't have the data pulled up right now, but um, it was something like seven thousand dollars or close to. Wow. On Facebook. <laughs> that was this just, past just June and July. It was, that was, a, that was in COVID, June and July. And yeah. you were able to raise that, that money. People were still generous. Yeah. All the hurt the world was going through, and people were still being generous. Yeah. You know, we didn't know what that was going to be like last year. Yeah. And look what happened. You know, people, it, it's almost that. We were so out of our own routines that we we were compelled to care for other yeah. people. I think because we also some of ourselves in our own struggles, our own yeah. suffering. We all yeah. we all suffered, so we wanted to help other people maybe not suffer so much too. You know, it's like yeah. the silver lining of the that craptastic year. <laughs> wow. that so, awesome, awesome year. So more ambassadors. <laughs> Anything you said you might yeah. be doing the, you might be doing the gala like obviously with the pandemic I, I, it might be I expect we will um, we're looking at it now we we, we want to find ways to get together mm-hmm. physically when yeah. we had it we were going to make that a plan of 2020 that was one of our big intentions because the gala showed us how important it was for us we're all over the country to get together when we can yeah. to build that team so we're going to do that this year and we're okay. going to find a creative ways to start doing it. We have like a team in San Diego that has athletes and ambassadors that are getting together and rolling and doing stuff, you know, creating a little pocket of a we defy San Diego type identity. You mm-hmm. know, there's places where this, this is just this amazing organic stuff that I can't plan or envision. It just happens. And I, I think it's from getting together. Like I'm in Minneapolis in a couple of weeks, we're going to have, uh, the Minneapolis ambassador team over here on my house mm-hmm. just to get together. Travis, the president in Tucson did it a little bit ago with the Arizona mm-hmm. guys. You know, it's important, especially because we're so dispersed. Yeah. We need to generate opportunities for us to be together because I think you'll see the results organizationally and um, operationally, like success wise. Have you ever? And again, uh, that's a focus. I'm spitballing here. This maybe not may not be the right time, but. I do. I, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking about Tap Cancer Out and how they started, and it was about raising money. And then the tournaments came later. Has that ever been something that you guys have thought about? You know, having your own or hosting you know, your own tournament. That's. I know that's a behemoth of a of yeah. a of a project or something that has to be maintained. But has that ever been something that's come up? It hasn't. It's not in our model right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's benefits and negatives mm-hmm. to those kinds of operations. And I don't know how they do it and how they, what their balance sheet looks like. Yeah. But I can tell you that when I think about those things, I think about insurance, I think about um, all the cost that goes into it. And now you've got it. It's a risk, yeah. right? We're talking about that first gala, yeah. big risk paid off huge. Yeah. But um, what the model we found is if somebody want like grappling industries, they'll let us have access. Mm-hmm. for their sort of thing. You know what I mean? What Nick's doing with Warriors Last Adventure, like he's giving us access mm-hmm. to his story and to, to what he's going to do bouncing around the country for 50 days, interviewing 
athletes, gym owners. He's like coming that. to our gym. He's coming to my gym. I hope yeah, I'm I mean, with the, with the owner of my gym, yeah. uh, uh, so professor, and and he's gonna be, he'll be coming down. I'm excited to see him. The model we're using is more of a partnership based model. Yeah. Um, and it's I don't see see that. I'm talking about the 84 percent, right? 84 percent of that money. I want to keep it there. Yeah. You know, I think what it, Travis has said this too. This is a beautiful statement. Um, and it's a little bit of a sidebar, but I think if, if this thing gets so big that I can't be the vice president anymore because I don't have the skill set, it'd be easy to say I failed. That's, I think we're primed for that kind of thinking. We couldn't do it anymore. We couldn't hack it. Travis said this, like, when the foundation is too big, that will be the greatest measure of success. Um, uh, do you see my head turn? I'm like, no, that's like, <laughs> that would be the most awesome thing that could yeah. ever happen. Is that yeah. it's become so big that you need to bring in bring in bigger guns the or bigger guns, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean I, that would that would be amazing, yeah. you know. Uh, and well, then, now at the same time, like the bigger guns want the money. Of course, you know. So that's where that eighty four percent spend. It you don't want it to ever flip the, to sixteen. Right. How do you? And I'm not saying that these professionals that come in are only motivated by money. What I'm saying is, it's what it, takes it may sometimes. cost something. Mm-hmm. To, go to the next level. Yeah. And and we're not there. So like these are yeah. these are the kinds of things that I wonder about for the future. Like what yeah. will that look like, you know? Well, you know, I forget where I, I'm sure you've heard this before especially being in the military, you know, if uh, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're probably in the wrong room, sure. right? You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've, yeah. I've heard that, you know, it's kind of, you know, sure. if you're the toughest guy in your gym, you're in the wrong gym, right? If you're the yeah. toughest guy and you're not getting your ass kicked on that mat, you're probably not you're not learning as much as the guy's ass is you're kicking, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's, that's important. I sent you, I'm almost positive, and I might have sent it to Kevin. I'm almost positive I sent it to you as well. Um, did you get a text from me about classy.org? Do you know who classy.org is? Oh, God, you, you need to know who these no. are. Okay. That's the platform that you've got to look at this. This is, okay. I, I feel... I started to use it for the foundation. We're a little too small to use it for what it's intended to, to be used for. But okay. for WeDefy, it is how Tab Cancer House sets up, uh, you know, you, you, you know their platform at least, right? Uh, somebody mm-hmm. puts out a page, I'm raising money. If I raise this much, I get to, tr- I get to go into the tournament for free. And I might get some, some swag. I might, uh, I raise $2,000, I get a bag. I raise this, I get a t-shirt, right? That that's a platform called classy.org. It just okay. so happens I forget I, I'm sorry I forget um, his name the the guy that runs uh, Tap Cancer Out and I should know it because he helped us out the other day. Um, but it's his friend created classy.org so he knew about it. Yeah. All right, so it was just all coincidental. The Tap Cancer Out was born from him going to like a gala, uh, a classy.org uh, gala where they were celebrating some milestones. Uh, but anyway. It allows you, it allows, think of what you've done on Facebook, right? Where anyone can set up a a money raise. Well, that allows you to do that and really be able to scale it up. I think it is the perfect platform for you guys because think about, um, 
the tools that are associated with being able to share it go beyond what Instagram and Facebook allow you to do. Let's put it that way. But that's what everybody does in for a tap cancer out. You're setting up a page. You don't see the classy.org they're at a point where they're, they're a type of, I would quote like an enterprise edition of the platform. You know, it says tapcancerout.com forward slash, you know, but you could just have the classy.org and then forward slash we defy start there. And basically people can go in and you can do like July 4th event. People just set up a page for July 4th. That There could be like an event going. There could be a tournament that's coming up. People, you can have all these different types of campaigns running where he doesn't, Tap Cancer Out, he told me on the podcast, I don't raise any money. I don't go ask right. people for money. I don't go raise money. We do the tournaments and people are raising the money for us. People are raising the money to get into it. That's where the money's coming from. Okay. So... I know that I sent one of you guys a text. It might have been Kevin because I think it was it's after the podcast. Kevin, that would be Kevin. Yeah, with the development. He's the director yeah. of development. Kevin I think Linderman. it was after so, yeah, the podcast be... when we had them on. Yeah. We had the three of them okay. on. You got to look at this. I think that it would be a game okay. changer at, at you guys in being able to scale up money raising and raise money in a different way. And look, it doesn't have to be a tournament. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, look, uh, Memorial Day. Right. July 4th, like, you know, those events where people feel very patriotic, where you do something uh, that the young lady who did the run, the, what was it? The four by four by, uh, I forget what it was yeah, called. Yeah, four by four by 48, but, which was yeah. another one of those that blew up on Facebook and they raised like $8,000. Now yeah. imagine everybody, like a whole, again, because I think it's just a little bit different than Facebook. I mean, I know people, okay, well, you could do it on Facebook, but just the way that it would allow you to scale it up, I think it's something that you should, guys should look yeah. at. The, the, yeah, we'll the, the, the at bottom, it. put it this way, the, the, like bottom rung of the um, of the programs, it was like thirty nine dollars a month. It's like really cheap, mm. but what you can get back from it would be amazing. It we raised amazing. a little bit of money yeah. th- through it. Yeah, we got away from it for a very specific reason. We're not big enough. We don't have that audience of people that want to you know to to raise. So for yeah. us, you know, the Facebook and Instagram models work. We went back to GoFundMe. Has a you have GoFundMe that anybody can raise money. And then there's a nonprofit GoFundMe. So we are now doing it through our, the nonprofit GoFundMe charity dot GoFundMe is, is essentially the, the, uh, the platform. So anyway, so yeah, I, I've been dying. I, I forget again. I probably sent it to Kevin. I wanted to mention that to you for the longest time. And okay. I think that that would be very useful to you guys. So, uh, so anyway, look, let's get into some listener questions here. And okay. I think, you know, a lot of these guys, so they, cause <laughs> I, possible. <laughs> so, we got to get, let's get the Top Gun references out of the way. So Ryan okay. Veld, you know Ryan Veld? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he said, what's it like to be inverted over an enemy MiG-28 doing a 4G wow. negative dive? <laughs> Ryan is, Ryan's funny Frankly, because he used I to. I want to know too. <laughs> he used to, Ryan used to be a maintenance guy on F-16. Oh, yeah? Um, oh, cool. So when we get an airplane, it wasn't working right. It's on, him. You know, it's on him. Yeah. So no beer for that's, you. Uh, that is not an approved or good idea or <laughs> not... something that ever happens. Okay. Don't, don't do no. it. No. Like you ever, you ever see, did you see the movie flight flight? No, no. With Denzel familiar. Washington. Oh no, yes, I, ha- yes. I haven't seen it. The one where okay. he goes yes. upside down, right? He flies upside down. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal yeah. movie. Phenomenal movie about addiction. Terrible movie about aviation. Yeah. <laughs> Top Gun is yeah. a phenomenal movie about the fighter pilot culture. Yeah. It's a terrible movie about flying. Yeah. Really? No. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I'm a doctor watching ER, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. But, yeah. So. I mean, that's the way, again, I, I look, I tell people, like, uh, they send me, like, martial art movie links. 
Yeah. It's like, I don't really like it. it mm. No, it doesn't. No, that doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen. <laughs> like, he just missed him. He didn't really hit his face. The guy's flying back. Yeah. No, you real. We can't run up in the air up a tree. We can't fly. You can't like, do, I, that? Like, I can of, do I, that. I just don't take to, to most of that stuff. I can tell you what looks awesome, though, is the trailers for Top Gun 2, because that, those yeah. aviation scenes, I've never seen anything shot that way before. Yeah. It looks it looks good. Yeah. There's one scene where you like in the trailers where he blows through between two airplanes that are close that there's no way. Okay. But a lot of the other scenes that they're showing, like I that that is what it is. That's yeah. what it feels like and looks like in the cockpit. I mean wow. geez, you can't act that stuff. You have to put people in there and do it. Yeah. I can't wait to see even if it's a horrible movie, I can't wait to see the flying scenes because yeah. that's the closest thing I've ever seen. On okay. Footage. Nice. What it what it was like. So Ryan Ryan had a, a there's a second part to Ryan's question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, "Ask TJ if he was ever cleared to buzz the tower." Is that no, even that's a thing? Not a thing. That's it's not, not even, even a, thing. a thing. No. 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 If somebody, it, I mean, literally, like you just wouldn't do it. I mean, would was would anybody like because the, they did it okay, twice, so right? It was once what, on land and once on the ship in the yeah, movie. What happened when they did that in the movie? Everything just the freaking shook. Broke. I mean, right? They I mean, got in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why would you do that? Yeah, you'd probably be. You'd have your. You'd be yeah. grounded, right? You'd say you'd be grounded. Yeah, or... because in a movie, there's no consequences. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. All right, right. We got. We had to get those out of the way. I, I wish they were sexier answers. But... Yeah. Right. <laughs> I well, think that's what everybody thinks. It's like, ah, it's like, I know we talked I... about it a little last time. You were like, what yeah. did you tell me? You said something along the lines. I'm like, oh, man, fire pilot, man. You know, something about girls. And you were like, yeah, no girl was ever interested no. that I flew. <laughs> <laughs> no. Never worked? Was never no, a pickup line? I, th- I think what I told you is ugly is still ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so. Moving on. <laughs> hey, I know right. about that. Right? <laughs> That's why we don't have a camera on Bo. <laughs> of course. That's why we have no broken cameras. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and, and you might have answered this one, but I, and you, I think you, you might have, we might have talked about this or you might have answered it on, uh, on Instagram. Do you see the Weedify Foundation expanding to benefit military members from other countries? You know, I, I don't think so, um, but there are other organizations that are based on our model, mm-hmm. and there are ones that we've worked with. Alan Shabaro, who's one of the founders, is mm-hmm. still actively helping. Um, he's got special forces connections all over the world, mm-hmm. and he, he's an amazing person. And yeah. he looks, I mean, he, is, he walks in a room, the room stops. He's just a huge hulk of a human. <laughs> yeah. Fourth degree black belt. Um, and I... Sometimes when I, I get ex- when I talk about him, it's because he's so physically present. I say he's terrifying, but I, I don't know that that's the right word. I, I'm trying to figure out another way to explain him. Um, he is a force. And if you know what he did with the Green Berets, and you know what he... Um, you think about, okay, he must have been a badass tactician and a, and a, and a guy in, in the mud. and Yeah, but... Those guys are brilliant academically. You don't, you don't just get that because you're good at being a soldier. Mm-hmm. You have to hit so many notes to have a job like that, to, to get to be the kind of operator that he was. Um, so uh, he's just an incredible. You ever get to roll with him? Being. Oh, yeah. 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 He, in fact, he told me I was doing a lot of, of – uh, Holler drag. He's like, TJ, you're too old for that. Just do this. And he taught me how to do a foot sweep. 
<laughs> now I do it all the time. Yeah. And the first time I hit one, I sent him. I sent him the. I sent him the. Yeah. You know the the, the, the <laughs> video. But anyway, he's still actively engaged overseas yeah. to help other countries, like like the UK with reorg. Yeah. And there's a new stand-up in Australia called Veterans Grappling. Those guys were yeah, all connected I, I'd to each other. I've seen Veterans Grappling. I, I know yeah. that one. We're all connected to each other. And that's still because Alan, Alan's like – so if the ambassadors are the appendages of Weedify and the current board is kind of the brain, Alan and Joey, the founders, are still the heart. Okay. They're still there and they're still beating. And you don't always see it. But they're still taking care of business. Well put. I like that. All right. So we have another one now. You this is the one you sent me the image on, and I wasn't able to see. Looks like he commented directly to you. Is it uh, Brian Artilles at Doc Nasty Eight? Is that somebody that you know? You sent me a snapshot yeah, yep. of this. Do you actually yes. know him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, I, not just just through virtual emails okay. and things like that. He's one of our scholarships. Okay. He said, do you have any hob any other hobbies outside of BJJ? How do you try to balance these hobbies? Um, I'm, I play – I'm a nerd, so I play Elder Scrolls online. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't get to play it Is as much. Is that like a Dungeons & Dragons kind of thing? I think so. so yeah, yeah, just go yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's Zelda. Zelda. Oh, it's more okay. like Zelda, right? Okay. Yeah, it's all, in that, it's all in that same in that world? genre of, of nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I do game. I, I usually, a lot of times when I get up in the morning, I get up early. I don't sleep a ton. I, I'm like a six and a half to seven hour guy most okay. nights. So I get up and make coffee and then I start playing games until it's time to get the kid up. So I'll play an hour a day, <laughs> okay. sometimes at night um, before bed. Um, but uh, it's, it's not easy. Um, and I'm, I'm fortunate. I already said this before because I have an employment situation where I do have a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to juggle as hard because of the free time. But like still, like coming in here, doing doing this on a weekend, you know, doing the podcast, doing appearances. I was recording another podcast for about three hours the other night, and um, my wife's got stuff to do too, right? So I can't just always be about me. Yeah. There do there do have to be limits, and um, you navigate it as best you can. And there's no there's no formula I can say this is how we do it. Um, but if it goes too far, if you're in a relationship, you know, you get brought back to. Yeah. This is where it needs to be. And that's okay. I'm taking you know, I, my wife gonna to mention, dinner after the podcast. Yeah. Well, I was, <laughs> no, but. Because I love her so uncle, much. Our aunt and uncle are coming over for the first time in a year because they're vaccinated. And yeah. they're going to, they play grandparent to my son. Yeah. And they're going to be here in a little bit. And we haven't seen him in a year. Yeah. You know, so it's, how do you, you got to balance it. And you've got to listen to your partner. Yeah. yeah. So for my my answer to Brian, if my hobbies outside of jujitsu is more jujitsu, so it's the foundation jujitsu, the podcast jujitsu, the t-shirt site jujitsu. So uh, that that it's just more jujitsu. But you know, there's kind of you know it's uh, different parts of my brain being used in in those other things. So um, I do think that you have to. I'm learning to spend a little bit more time with the family. Like I'm, I'm just jokingly yelling that out to my wife. If you saw where I, this would make more sense, if you saw where I am set up in the house, yeah. <laughs> I'm in this room that's in the middle of the house. Right in the you middle. Have, right in the middle of the house. And this is a townhouse, like a three-floor townhouse. So I'm right in the middle where I office, where I work during the day. But because we have the podcast set up and there's cameras and we have like soundproofing on like hanging that I take down, 
you can't walk, you can't get from the bedrooms to the kitchen or the living room we for the time that program. I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> so my wife and my daughter are awesome that they just hang out, just wait and let me finish and do yeah. my thing. And yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're great at giving me my space, but I am, it's going to cost me a lot today because I'm going to take yeah. them to dinner. And uh, well, it's a, it's that's our anniversary today too. Oh, oh, oh wow! You should have told All me. Right, we so, done it another yeah, day. So you, yeah, no, I because I had. To... You forgot. <laughs> whisper, but whisper. So did she. Uh -oh. So it's fine. <laughs> Whis whisper it in front of three hundred million people. <laughs> you, yeah. Don't worry. Right. Don't worry. There's no one listening. Just Nobody, nobody's us. watching. Yeah. It's just between us and just America. Kidding. Let's uh, let's do our speed round. It's been a while. Okay. You were, I think it was episode seventeen. Yeah, you were right, yeah. you were on with mm -hmm. us. So let's do a speed round. Some of these might be the same. I threw in a couple of other things here and there. Okay. But um, I, I always like this, and I think that sometimes I get some different answers based on kind of how long you've been doing jujitsu. But if you could go back in time, what would you tell the white belt you? Um, so I I spent some time thinking about this lately. Um, middle of blue belt was really rough for me because I was really I was always comparing myself to everybody else mm -hmm. and trying to be the best person in the room and pissed off when I couldn't be because I'm so competitive and that comes from my background. But um, I wouldn't say don't worry about the belts because people told me that and it did not help. Yeah. What I would say is the belts don't matter as much as you think. And sometimes the belts lie, but the mats don't lie. Yeah. Ooh. So put in the work, worry yeah. about that. That's nice. a great answer. That's and <laughs> as a side, I'll, I'll add to that and saying. I spoke to somebody about this yesterday. I could, uh, one of my training partners, actually Mauricio, who used to be a, he's still always welcome on. He just works on the weekends, but he was one of our first roundtable, uh, you know, kind of podcast uh, host. Um, I really don't care about the, right now. I'm at that point where I don't really care. I don't. I care so little about the belts right now that we don't really do stripes in the gym anymore. My stripe, because I do wash my belt. Fell off, <laughs> and I, I was always putting it on. I it, but just basically wash it, and then I knew I was going to put it back on. And I just stopped putting it on because I really just don't care. It does. It doesn't mean, especially after a year, the, the year of COVID, and people that did train getting belts. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not so worried. You know, I, I just, it, I'm just not worried about it. It doesn't. Yes, it, promotions are great. Yes, stripes are great. Yes, I want to be a black belt one day, but I really, the color of yeah. my belt doesn't really change what I do on the mat. You know, it's the time, like you said, the work that you put in. And, and I'm definitely I, trying to put in as much more work as, as I can these days. I used, to, I used to feel like I have to be relevant in that room. But now, I, now, especially after COVID, I just feel like I have to be in the room. Yeah, yeah. It's like the word relevant out. Yeah. I have to be in that. I think a lot of us are feeling that way. I, I think rele that relevance way is in action. Yeah. Relevance yeah. is in the action. Yeah. It's not in the presence. Yeah. So go to sub. What's your favorite? Uh, anything from the back. If I have to pick one. Uh, I probably say go bow and arrow. Okay. Um, but because that lot, it, with the gi, it's 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 very available. But like rear naked, anything like that's that's where I want to play. You do a lot of no gi training as well, or you just I do, I do, it? I do, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do, and I and I and I go to the back. But yeah. the one I get the, my favorite, the one I get the most satisfaction out is just that bow and arrow. Yeah. <laughs> go to takedown. Nasty. You mentioned takedowns before. Go to takedown. Uchi Uchi Mata. Okay. And I and I I, I vary. I'll do double legs. Um, I, I I use judo. I 
I use a lot of takedowns, and um, they're getting better. Did but you say Uchimata Uchimata Mama? Favorite. Uchimata. Close. Close. <laughs> now, now, now we're talking Bo's language, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. takedown or takeout? Yeah. I got you. <laughs> so this is, a, this is an old favorite. This was definitely in there. Other than achieving the rank of black belt, what is your mm-hmm. ultimate goal in jiu-jitsu? Um, that my son can learn by watching. And you're not just and talking about jujitsu. You're talking about the, the... Lear, learning about life by watching what yeah, I'm doing with yeah, jujitsu. Yeah, the work, the hard work, the perseverance, principles, uh, commitment, principles, those yeah. things. Because kids watch, and I can't think of a better activity to show them. How awesome would it be Art. to see that thumbs up in five years, in ten years, from <laughs> yeah. the side of the mat, from your son? Or yeah. hey, maybe flip it around and you're the one. And that's yeah, what I was going to say. It's him up. doing the thumbs would, up to his son. I would love that, but I don't want to put that expectation on him. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I control is my conduct and what he gets to view. Yeah. And yeah. He, and that and that's and that's important. Yeah. I think the the Gracies talk about it uh, when they were kid. Henner and and he don't talk about uh, how their dad used to play jujitsu with them. They weren't really forced to do it. It was like yeah. it had to be fun, or they weren't going to do it. Right, and, and that's I, great I believe that about kids. For any of us that would yeah. love to have kids or family members do it, it's got to be fun. Yeah, yeah. Going back before, you said, uh, I, I think I, I, when I asked you about, um, uh, or you mentioned bringing people on, like uh, you never really had anybody that stayed. I've brought one person, and it was my wife's friend, a male friend of hers, to one class, and it just wasn't for him. Yeah. Where I've normally... I've gotten people to take their kids to jujitsu, but it's never been like recruiting them to go to my gym. And it's more, more often than not, it's them asking me like, Hey, you do martial arts, right? What would you suggest? Where should I go? And just tell them, look, I think that you should do jujitsu. And this is why obviously biased. And then I almost <laughs> always tell them, and my coach will kill me for this is most of the time it's been because they're out of their area. If they're in my area, I am inviting them to my gym, but outside of my area, I say, make sure you find a school with a good kids program. A good, really good kids program, meaning lots of kids. If there's lots of kids, it's usually going to be better. And I love the Gracie Bully Proof, pro- uh, uh, excuse me, mm. Bully Proof program. So I usually tell them to try to find one. There aren't a lot here in South Florida that actually are certified to to you know to actually teach it. But those are usually kind of my tips because I think that it's so important for them to kind of learn. You know, you talk about it's not just the physical aspects, but they learn to use their voice. They learn how to call a teacher, tell somebody to stop, use their hands before they're attacking or, you know, trying to defend using jujitsu. So uh, I think that that's really great. Okay. Uh, what's the craziest thing that's happened to you? Remember now, I might have asked some of these questions before, but not everybody's heard the last episode. So if your answers are the same, that's okay. If they're the same as last time. What's the craziest thing that's happened to you on the mats, whether it's competing or just training in the gym? Uh, I don't remember what I said last time. I got a small <laughs> number to pick from. Um, I, I probably, I, I probably picked the same one. It was probably winning Nogi Worlds at Blue Belt because I didn't be- think I belonged there. You know, I just, I just went because my team was going. I was like, I've done nothing that shows that I belong in this room, in this arena. Um, and then I wrote. I like to write sometimes, so I wrote. A thing called the naysayer, and it's about that voice inside of us that mm-hmm. tells us. I remember these you mentioned you that to, last on the yeah, last. Yeah, so I, yeah, 
and I still stand to this day. It's because that's even with the foundation, the, our hashtag has proved them wrong. Like you got all kinds of people that you can prove wrong, but the most important one is that voice. Yeah, Pro- prove that one wrong. Yeah. So my first match out there, you know, Gordon Ryan's next to me. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah your greatest you know, match. And, and I ended yourself. up making it through. Yeah, I make it make it through. You know, my bracket and the win, and, and that was the most unexpected. I did not expect something an outcome yeah. like that. And it means everything, and it means nothing. I mean, this is the part we said, right? Where it, it's um yeah I'm a world champion I'm also the uh, I was the best of the blue belt small old guys that happened to show up that day <laughs> yeah <laughs> means everything it means nothing yeah, right? it's a special category time, you know? yeah but it was that was a unique experience for sure yeah. And, okay. um, you know yeah what's your biggest regret as it relates to jujitsu not wrestling in high school okay. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because of where I would be now. And this yeah. goes back to your question about wrestlers. Yeah. Wrestlers understand things that it takes years of jujitsu to get. They just mm-hmm. have to modify their game a little bit. Yeah. You can't. You got to get used to being on your back. Yeah, you got to know when back. that's okay. Right? Yeah. Those are, man, I wish I'd wrestled in high school. Yeah. Wow. All right. Now, it's... I don't remember the answer to this one. Do you wash your belt? <laughs> Yeah, it was gross. <laughs> Thank you, ding, team. Wash your belt. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, we're gonna end this with. Uh, do you want to give any shout outs? Do you want to? Uh, we did shout out some people earlier, but uh, do you want to give any shout outs, sponsors, events, anything upcoming that you want to want to let us know about? This is um, the time. I want. Yeah, I do. I want to say again to Seth at Fight to Win to. Timothy at, uh, at Fuji tournaments, the so Ryan McGuire at Third Coast Grappling, the Marcos Flores at, um, at Grappling Industries. Guys, your support is like it's it's. We run eight boxes around the country for events. We started with one. We're raising tens of thousands of dollars a year as an ambassador network now. Couldn't do that without those people. So it's absolutely worth mentioning those particular promotions because. It's not that they've just let us do things one time. Mm-hmm. It's over and over and over. Um, and not everybody lets us. But those guys have um, allowed us to be in a position to be successful because of their generosity. Because it's money they're losing by not charging us. Mm-hmm. They're letting us do that. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's what I should <laughs> – Alan and Joey always deserve a shout-out um, because of – this is the most important thing I've ever been involved in, and it's because of their vision. Because they, 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 it was their idea. You know, um, the rest of the board and the ambassadors for all the, um, the hours and the emails that I they read that I probably write too many words in. And, <laughs> um, but I also also Travis, the president of Weedify, because um, he trusted me when he took over. To take on new roles that um, we didn't know what would happen, but he let me run with it, and um, now I get to be a part of this thing that keeps growing, and it's it's the one of, it's the most awesome professional thing I've ever done, and for sure the most meaningful. You know, like flying a fighter was pretty cool, but this is way more important. Like flying a fighter, that was for me. This is for somebody else. Well, flying that fighter was for us. 
Yeah. Maybe there's that bit of selfishness. Like I said before, there's a little selfishness in doing this because it makes me feel good. But isn't it, isn't it helping so many people? Didn't you do something really good? I can give you. you, But now, like I said, now I get to see it. Yeah. And it means that much more in, in here, you know. Here's a little insight from uh, from the artist world. There's a difference between being a fine artist and a commercial artist. A fine artist does the work for themselves, and then people just enjoy it. Yeah. A commercial artist does work for a customer or a client or an audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. completely different. Yeah. When you do something for yourself, it has a whole different... Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's a whole different level of attraction, yeah. you know? Jiu-jitsu's for me. Yeah. It's super know. genuine too. The, the the podcast and and the foundation that's a little bit more for for others. You know, mm-hmm. I guess it's still for that's you. comparison. Still, still the thing. So, you love yeah. to talk, man. Yeah. So, all right, TJ. Listen, <laughs> I'm gonna let you go because uh, we we could probably talk for another hour. But I know my yeah, wife is hungry. Sure my <laughs> wife is sending me messages. Says I'm hungry, and Ding. I told you where we're sitting in the house. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you so much for for joining us again. Let's again. I told you, doors always open. You guys got to just let me know sometimes if you want to come on. If you've got something to say, if you want, if any of the other, you know, uh, board members yeah. or anybody else you think that we should be talking to about We Defy wants to come on, let's make it happen. We're trying to shoot three times a month, so we have this. It was always two. Now it's three, uh, so we have the availability, and uh, you know, we'd love to keep on yeah. spreading the message, man. So, well, thank you, thank you again uh, for all you guys do for us. Congratulations again. Um, thank you, man. So happy to um, have a team that the team we have, and they have people like you that Thank will you. give us a mouthpiece. Can't do it without that. Thank you, man. We, we're we're doing it together. All right, man. So we'll talk right. soon. I'll let you know okay. we're going to launch good. this uh, before next Friday, uh, sometime okay. probably middle of the week. I'll I'll shoot you a message and let you know. All right. Okay. Awesome. All right, Thanks, TJ. Brother. Thank you, man. Later, TJ. Yeah. See you, Bo. <laughs> <Ciao>. <laughs> All right, awesome dude, man. Awesome, awesome. Wow. Dude. Let's uh, let's get to our housekeeping, and um, yeah, my wife cool is dude. going to. I have uh, so much envy me. for his for his pilot background. Yeah, that that is pretty awesome. I want to fly. All right, so let's do a little housekeeping here, Bo. Guys, stick around. We've got some uh, just again a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, so, uh, you know, we talked about the foundations. Obviously, uh, you know, go to Weedify foundation.org if you'd like to donate and support them in their efforts to bring jiu-jitsu to uh, to wounded combat veterans specifically okay mm-hmm. um, our new foundation the jiu-jitsu dummies foundation our new gofundme link is in our description here you can find links to everything that we do on our instagram at jiu-jitsu dummies uh, you can just click the link in the bio it'll take you to everything what we're doing with the foundation is a bit different right we're we are giving scholarships to just amazing people we should say it that way we did two two scholarships to to children and the next one's going to be to a veteran we're looking to do something with a veteran and first responders in the near future who are doing really spectacular things in their community as if it wasn't enough to be a first responder or a veteran but who were kind of taking it to the next level I, i want to hear about those stories of them really you know going that extra mile um, you can find the, the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation on Facebook. Just type it all out. Facebook.com forward slash the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation. You can find us on Instagram at the JJD Foundation. Or again, if you go to at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies on Instagram, you'll find links to everything. If you donate, 
$50 or for every $50 you donate. Okay. You can get an embroidered belt from mm -hmm. Flow and Roll. Okay. Flowandroll.com. So if you donate, we'll get in touch with you. We'll put you together with Sean and he's going to send you a belt with your name embroidered or whatever you want to say on it. We did one for uh, Sinister BJJ out in Austin, Texas. Said Sinister BJJ. So, you know, cool. it doesn't have to be your name. Uh, check out the podcast store at jujitsudummies.shop. 15% off with code JJD. Again, as always, you know, we have ranked rash guards, tees, face shields, backpacks, coffee mugs, free shipping on orders over 50 bucks. Going forward, um, well, with Fightback CBD, I should say. Fightback CBD, at Fightback CBD on Instagram. We are now doing 20%. It was 15. It's now 20% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com. Again, with code JJD. You can support the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation on Amazon Smile as well. Just check out our Instagram. Find one of the Amazon images. Uh, swipe to the left. Or just go to at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies for instructions on, on the setup. It's very simple. You're still doing the same thing. You're still shopping on Amazon. You're just changing your settings to actually be able to choose a nonprofit who will receive like 0.05% of your order, of the cost of your order. Nothing changes so for your order shopping order huge. Experience. Yeah, the, <laughs> nothing changes for you, but it donates to the nonprofit of your right. choice. All righty? All right, guys, that's it for today. Again, I'm Uncle Milty BJJ on Instagram. Bo? Handy underscore wisdom. There you go. Thank you for watching and listening, everybody. We appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Woohoo!